Hey guys, what's up? Welcome to the Different Spokes Podcast. Thanks for checking this shit out. My name is Matt Smith. Sorry, the first episode was so short. I'm still getting used to this. Still getting used to even hearing my own voice. Um, but if you thought that episode was short, I got a doozy here for you. My guest for today is Matt Lawhead. He's 29 years old, and he's been riding for about 15 years. And uh, he spent a lot of time on the bike, so we, we talk about his early beginnings, losing footage, the importance of a photograph, um, why he never films clips, um, gnarly injuries like breaking his sternum, balancing it all with rock climbing, traveling, and making it all happen and still staying on his bike. Um, His uh, energy is definitely inspiring to say the least. Just want to mention ahead of time that I did have some minor mic issues. Um, I tried to use mics and it works, but when the cords bumped, you can hear that in the audio, so I apologize in advance. And if you hear any kind of weird, scratchy noises in the background, that's just a nervous tick I have of playing with my facial hair. I will definitely make sure to not do that in the coming episodes. So uh, thanks for bearing with me as I get used to doing this shit. Also want to give a quick shout out to Matt Steiner, who did the audio mixing for this podcast because my dumb ass fucked it up with the mics bumping and we also have a third person on this podcast Mr. Shiloh Staniich um, he's Lawhead's right hand man really um, Lawhead basically raised him into the street shredder that he is now um, but yeah the podcast was mixed by Matt Steiner he's on Instagram at plays one on TV and uh, yeah he helped to make this sound a little bit better uh, thanks again, and uh, without further ado, here we go, Matt Lawhead. Yeah, shit. When was it? I remember coming out. Well, we were you living in Lebanon? You were living in Lebanon, and you came to the barn. Or no, no, you came. You knew Miles and Nick, and you and oh, I forget everybody's name. Josh Kurtz. Kurtz. He had glasses. I remember him. And then, uh, who was the guy with, like, short blonde hair? Mike something? Maybe? Jimmy. Jimbo. No, no, there's another one. Jesus. But, well, there was a bunch uh, had, for a minute. You had the Mark III Jetta, the black Jetta, and you drove that oh out. Oh, my God, yeah. So you drove out to the barn, and you met us, and then um, we went and rode Radnor. And I think that was the very first time. The barn, though. There was ramps in the, We went Mike to the Roberts barn first. Barn. yeah. Because you knew Miles and Nick, and they were living at their mom's in Coatesville. And they invited us to a barn party, that right? Was, yeah, yeah. That's what happened. Because you guys came out for the night. You were saved in my phone as Matt Barn Party for like three years. Yep. Like the first three years I knew you. I remember going there, and I was like, here's this guy. He, he's got his bike kit out with a paint job, and he's doing Foo News. And that's right, that was right at the same skill level I was, and I was like... Oh, a fellow foofer, you know? Like, that that was before we oh. even knew, like, any world outside of our little... Bubble. Yeah, you were like... Yeah, go ahead. Miles and Nick <clears throat> knew Lebanon because their dad lived there, so they knew you and your crew. And then we started going out your way a bunch. <laughs> yeah. I remember meeting... Not Miles, Nick. Nick, and he's like... He's like, I'm wearing women's pants. Size 32 Husky. 32 Husky. <laughs> he would just say shit like that to you. <laughs> and he was saved him. He had a Stricker frame, so he was saved in my phone as Nick Stricker for the longest yeah, time. Yeah, I remember that frame. Even. Back then, I feel like I didn't even know frame geometry that right. well. It, like, I didn't care about it. You know, I rode 
the Chase D frame because I like Chase D. Like I thought it was like a modern street frame. It I had was. The V1 and the V2. Um, and like I didn't know. I was just riding. And what did I, you have when you were when you had that setup when we first met? So I think I had the Take Ivy frame. Damn. So the Take Yo. was sick. Um, that was the first like five pound frame that I remember. I remember they had the light frame. The mm -hmm. graphics were sick. It was like the Ivy that came up the down tube. It was like a refined version of an FBM, it seemed. Yeah, yeah. It was like a side project. Denny Pascasio, whatever the hell his name was, this and is, like is, yeah. somebody else. But um, yeah, it was out of the FBM warehouse because they had the Ivy frame and then like the Babylon frame. Mm -hmm. Cesario had the Babylon frame, and that was a little more traditional. Mm -hmm. But uh, like back then, I didn't know geometry. I didn't know geometry until I cracked my second D-heart and got the Aiken and like couldn't three anymore. And I was like, why the fuck can't I three? Like I didn't even understand. Like flat ground three? Or yeah, like... yeah. And I was like, why can't I do it anymore? And I went back to two by four and I think it was like Palumbo explained to me like yeah. more how geometry worked. And I was yes. like, well, like I can't even three anymore. And he said, you should get the Benny frame. And I got the Benny V1. And I've ah. had that for six years. Holy shit, you're still on the Benny one? I got it. I I looked it up because I was I'm looking at a new frame now, like possibly getting something. And yeah. I went back through my my phone and the oldest picture I could find was a Pittsburgh trip. And it was November 2012. Hmm. So I've had it at least six years. That frame has been through so much shit. I wonder if it's twisted. <sighs> you can only imagine. I don't spin <laughs> that much or like that hard. I know I have a bunch of dents on the down tube. The worst dent I got wasn't even from riding. It was, I washed out at Fairfax. Mm. I turned too sharp, washed out, and my bike slid into a pole. Oh. And put a big-ass dent. I mean, like, Fuck. bigger than a quarter dent. Now, your take frame, was that the purple one? No, it was raw. Okay. It was the... Did I have a purple frame when you met me? Purple was like yellow forks and bars. Dude, the purple frame ran through every single one of us. <laughs> that was the... The volume. volume. That's right. That's right. It was like lavender. It was like baby. Was baby it a volume purple. destroyer? No. The biz. It was the biz sig frame. I'm pretty sure. Shout out to biz. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I forgot about that one because I had a purple frame before that. Oh uh, yeah. You have multiple purples, dog. My volume. No, no. The, so the volume purple jaunt was after the take frame because okay. the take frame I had brakes still. And I took my brakes off when I got the volume frame. Okay. And then that frame seen Mike Cesario, seen me, seen Slade, Bob Kaczynski. <laughs> Everybody and rode that. It was every like every single one. Now we're getting ahead of we're getting ahead of ourselves here because I think what we should be talking about real quick. Oh yeah, we're is like how you got actually into it. Like, okay, you were. This How is old? A, so this is a good story. I was probably, or not a good story, but like a good beginning. I was like 13, and um, I'm from Coatesville, and we had three middle schools, and I went to North for sixth and seventh grade, and then we got redistricted, like based on population, and because I was so close to the edge, the line moved, and then I went to South Brandywine, hmm. and uh, I got to South Brandywine, like didn't know anybody, and uh, there was another new kid that. Uh, he had like Slipknot shirts on, like just somebody that like, I was like, okay, you're kind of weird like me. Like, yeah, I know like. That guy's know. not going to judge me too hard because yeah. everyone's, everyone's judging that guy yeah. real hard. Yeah. 
So yeah, outcast friends. <laughs> yeah, he and I kind of like gravitated towards each other, and uh, I think he rode my bus. I forget. He might have rode my bus, but uh, he lived not too far away, and uh, he had a BMX bike, and he was building trails at his house, and I went over, and at the time, like, like my oh, so my like my bicycle background. I had a buddy that lived three houses down behind my parents' house and he rode downhill. So like I had some Diamondback from Dick Sporting Goods that it you know it wasn't a downhill bike but it was like full suspension. And my parents live kind of like in the middle of nowhere and uh, there were all these four-wheeler trails. And we would go ride like mountain bikes on the four-wheeler trails. And now and there were like jumps and stuff and that was kind of oh, like my early yeah. time of being on a bicycle. But I met Anthony at South and he had a BMX bike. And uh there's like a local park by my parents' house. It was called Leighton Park. And we just met up there. I forget why. And he had his BMX bike. I have no idea what it was, but he had pegs on it. I had like never even seen pegs before. So like just looked like... I mean, it looks completely world. different. Here I am on like my full suspension mountain bike. And he had this little BMX bike. And he yeah. had pegs on it. And uh, he was trying to grind. Or just like using his pegs, like hopping on something. And I, I, I got on his bike and I hopped on it. And it was steel pegs on like an unwaxed curb. And I didn't slide anywhere, but I landed so on it. You already knew how to ride a bike by the time, like yeah. you, you knew how to bunny hop before you yeah. even got on a BMX bike. Yeah, like I could hop. From the suspension. Yeah, I could hop on my mountain bike. I could, you know, do jumps, like flow through the woods and stuff. Um, so you already had a, a, a good bit of bike control. Yeah, yeah, I could like not do anything cool, but like flow and like twist my bars to the side a little right, bit if I yeah. was in the air. Um, yeah. But a BMX bike was like half the weight, but uh, a little bit easier to yeah maneuver everything. Around. Well, I guess you know back then a BMX bike wasn't half the weight. You know, shit, a BMX bike was probably thirty-five to right. forty pounds back then. Dude, there know? was it was easy to get a bike in the forties. Yeah, back then, dude, I remember seven, eight-pound frames, man. Yeah, I mean there was ten-pound frames, but that's just you know that was overkill back when it was a ten-pound frame. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. I remember when pegs were like this like benign object that like I didn't understand that people actually use for like anything other than like giving their homies a rock. Yeah, like you had just two in, yeah, the, back. in the back. You didn't even have two exactly. on one side, you had two in the back and that was it. And you're like, oh shit, you can slide on those. That right. kinda looks fun. Yeah. Yeah. So you just started so the first thing you kinda did was like some feeble grinds? I don't I just I hopped on it and like put the pegs on a curb and I, and right off the bat I was like, This is sick. And I forget what amount of time went by, but I had another another buddy that had just, he wound up at South and was new, his name was Jason. And I like forget where he came from, he was like living at his dad's, but he was there. And he rode dirt bikes and he had a BMX bike. And uh, I think he and Anthony like knew each other from riding dirt bikes or something, but he was another buddy that I went to his house a couple times and he had a dirt bike, like a little dirt bike track in his backyard that he would ride his BMX bike on. Hmm. And like, I was like, this is sick. So, uh, yeah, it's like all terrain. Like you're like, oh fuck, you can ride this. You can ride. I can just ride this to school. Thinking like as like a high school kid, maybe, like this is a form of transportation. And then you're like, oh shit, you can just take this in the back roads and have this kind of fun with it too. Like before you even knew about grinding, it was like, well, and, boom, and dirt jumps. That was that was the appeal of my mountain bike when I was you know 12, 13 years old. It got me away from the house. Like. Mm -hmm. My parents didn't care what I did. I just rode away, and I would go out in the woods all day. 
and ride bikes, and uh, it was like a way to get away or uh, do something different, and then that just grew even more with BMX. Was it was it like like you, did you feel like you needed to escape anything, or was it just like oh I just want to go explore? Was that just kind of cool? I didn't have like an escape mentality, but. I lived in the middle of nowhere where like Amish people live. Like there were horse and buggies and farms and like I just didn't live by anything. Mm -hmm. So uh, it was a way to like, it started out as like a way to get to my friend's houses. Yeah. And then we just started riding farther and farther away. Mm -hmm. And uh, like where I grew up, we had like a main road called Business 30 and Business 30 went right. east west and you started out in Coatesville, and then you went to Thorndale, and you went to Downingtown, and then you went to Exton, just, you know, west to east. Yeah. And uh, we would just ride farther and farther and branch off of that road. But that was, like, the main artery that got you everywhere. So, you know, before we had cars or could drive or anything, we would, we would leave Coatesville, ride down 30, hit stuff in, like, Thorndale, ride till dark, and then, like, hope that somebody's parents picked us up. <laughs> and that was what we did before we had cars. And, uh, wait, like I said, I wasn't trying to, like, get away from anything. Like, yeah, I, I don't have a story like that. I just wanted to see new shit. Like, yeah. Like, when I was younger, I would ask my parents to, like, take me to friends' houses or, like, go places. And it was always kind of, like, not that I had to beg and plead, but it was, like, we were so far from everything mm -hmm. that there was a bit of resistance because I couldn't just walk out of the house and walk down the sidewalk and be at my friend's houses or it was like, like you had to drive everywhere where it I was grew. a hike to everything yeah. yeah so bmx got you know any kind of bicycle and then i figured out bmx like not only got you somewhere else you could do tricks and have fun with yeah your buddies. yeah what was uh what was the first video you ever saw I don't know that I can even like definitively remember, but I know I had Kazaa, and I know I downloaded Mutiny Subversion. Nice, that was one of my first videos too. Ah, uh, Square One, Wide Awake Nightmare. Uh, another one. Ah, uh, those are like the big ones I remember because I remember like Corey Martinez, fucking shredding the hell out of rails. I watched that every day for a whole summer straight. In the beginning, like, I feel like I didn't even grasp the culture. Like, I didn't know how far it extended. I just, yeah. it was me and, like, three other buddies, like, mostly dirt-oriented. Like, the thing was always, like, trying to build trails. Like, we would try to build, like, little ass jumps, like, wherever mm -hmm. we could find the spot to build trails. Like, that was the goal. We never built trails. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. we never actually had anything that amounted to anything, but, like, that was the goal. And then, like, I don't even know, like, when we got, like, getting cars helped. Because then, right away, you could travel. Like, I know we went to Radnor. Mm. I know we would go to Philly, FDR. And that helped. But, um, you know, it's just a matter of, like, branching out. And, like, you have to remember, like, when I started, like, the Internet was in its infancy. Like, I don't even remember YouTube, like, being that. Like, somebody older than me probably remembers, but, like, you didn't just embed videos everywhere. Like yeah. there weren't edits. Like right. My my avenue for getting any kind of like video media before dance comp because I'm like getting into that. But like like I said, uh, Kazaa, I would type in like BMX and see what came up. And like I didn't even know what Mutiny was. Like I didn't. Lord. I really didn't know. I didn't know Square One was in PA. You know what I mean? Like yeah, I didn't yeah. really know what this stuff was. Awesome. <laughs> um, That's really I, cool. I had buddies like. Uh, 
Anthony, Jason, Miles, Nick. Like they showed me dance comp. Right. And, uh, you know, I, I, my first bike, which I didn't even get into yet. My first bike, I bought at Lowriders like a few months after um, meeting Anthony and Jason. I was like, I have to get a bike. So I just asked my parents and they like yeah. shelled out the money, like no questions. Like I'm sure they had no idea what I was getting into. <laughs> They're like, sure. Yeah. Eastern sequence, metallic, silver, four pegs, two brakes. That was my first bike. Um, sequence. Heavy is. It had like a DNA helix, I'm pretty sure, as the graphics for the the sticker. <clears throat> but um, I didn't even like buy parts for the longest time. Like I didn't know what dance comp was. Like I just rode my bike the way it was. Yeah, I remember And then that. finally I had... I think it was Jason showed me. He was like, dude, you take two of your pegs off. Like, you have to figure out, like, what side you grind on. And I was like, oh, shit. And back then, like, one peg weighed, like, five pounds. Yeah, it was heavy. So uh, that kind of helped a lot. But, um, yeah, it wasn't until, like, they showed me dance comp to order parts, which I didn't even know was a thing, that I would order videos. And uh, one of the first ones I got was the man-made not chapter two because it came with chapter two on the disc it was like the third man-made video and it came with chapter two on it but i that was like one of the first dvds i got mm. later on and in that life was, also was a license plate for matt lawhead oh dude yeah i was like 16 i was done i got like a vanity license plate for my truck and it said man made like because that's that's what i was hype on like that was dude, dude yeah, i was like, mad hype on man made too man like, their stuff was sick like their graphics and like yeah. just i just like their stuff and uh, it was cool that they were in, I guess, New York City is where they were from. Yeah. But, um, you know, again, my bubble was so small that, like, I didn't know Little Devil was 45 minutes away. Like, I didn't That's know. That's got to be crazy to think. I didn't, I mean, I didn't know it was in PA for a minute, but but it was even closer to you. Yeah, because I was in Trap. Or, I mean, I was in Coatesville. It was in Trap. And, um, you know, like, Orchid came out eventually. But um, I really didn't find that much on my own it was all buddies showing me and them exposing me to it for the longest time um and i guess it was like middle to late high school is when i really like took off with it um right right we got a more more solid crew like i had a couple guys my age i had miles and nick like miles and nick i was in it with them for years um i think jason moved away anthony moved away um mm -hmm. But those guys started to ride, and then um, we did our first road trip. My spring break of my senior year, we went to Virginia. Did you see our props at that point before taking that I, road trip? I probably had. I probably, like, saw, like, I don't know. I didn't retain what it was at the time. Like, I really, mm -hmm. I'm kind of, like, kind of consider myself, like, a BMX nerd now. Like, I've kept up with so much or seen so much. And at the time, like, I just really didn't know it was that, like, what was out there. Yeah. Was my buddies and I doing stuff. And, like, we didn't know who had done what or who was who. Um, we really didn't get into that until Union Ramp Park uh, went up in Westchester. It used to call it Borderline. And it was skateboards only. And then they shut down for a minute, um, and Bobby knew about it because he skated... And uh, somehow they heard about when Union opened back up. And that was like one of the biggest things. Uh, I guess I was in my like freshman year of college, but Union opened up and that was massive. That was like the floodgates opened because we would go every Thursday night, every Friday night, like we would go on the weekends and other people were coming from other places. So we met 
like right. a crew out of Delaware. Like we met Robbie Downward, we met uh, Sean Q. I forget his last name, but we met Ricky Bobby. Ricky Bobby. We met those guys. Um, what a name. Yeah. We, uh, we were also riding with the Phoenixville guys at the time. So we had gone, we used to just look at the map and find a city and drive there. And just like then, you do now. Yeah, basically. And back then, we didn't have smartphones. Yeah. So I had a GPS that I bought from a buddy that he, like, acquired it one night from, like, a party. Yeah. He acquired this GPS, and he was, like, trying to sell it. So he had no use for it. So I bought this GPS off him. And um, this is, like, pre-smartphones. Like, this is, like, pre-Blackjack. You know, I had a Blackjack 2 or whatever the hell it was called. Well, I was going to ask you, like... Because I know at this point in your life, on a trip, you're like so like, this is this, this is where we're going, this is, you know, we got this time for this, we're going to explore this part of the town. But like, on like the first trip, like, was it kind of like, hawk it and see what the fuck so, happens? Yeah, I'm kind of getting there. Like the very first trip, we didn't have smartphones, we didn't have internet, we didn't have computers. Um, so the plan was like, my parents didn't want me to go. Mm-hmm. They were like, you know, the car is going to break down. You guys are going to run out of money. Somebody's going to get hurt. So, like, I made sure Yeah. I made sure I was on top of everything. Like, I had the address for every skate park. Like, I had... So, that's where that comes from. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, Interesting. And, and back in the day, right. you had no way to check it. So, we... I made up, like, an itinerary for the very first um, trip. And it was, like, orchestrated, like, down to the minute. I was like, we can spend this long at this park. Then we have to drive this far. And, um, like, I figured out that didn't work out, like, right away. Like, that didn't yeah, work. Yeah, like, like having would, two solid of a plan is not good. Yeah, you would you would leave an awesome park to go somewhere else, and you'd get there, and the park would suck. Oh or, like, God. you'd be like, why did we leave the last place? Dude. Like, we just drove three hours oh. away from this awesome park. That was such a, such a thing that happened, like, throughout our entire lives, because there was, like... There was parks you'd show up to that were literally built by people that were like blindfolded and just drawing lines with spray paint. <laughs> like they were just like, yep, this, this is what's gonna get built. You know what I mean? Like you yeah. show up and it's like a spot, or even better, you'd show up and it's a skate park and it's just like a spine and a fenced in like. Oh, we we had park. some awful stuff over the years. Yeah. Cause like back then, I feel like you didn't even have pictures of the skate parks. Right. You would go online and you'd find the name and an address. I would have a list of the skate parks hmm. and then we would get there and my GPS, like it wasn't an LCD screen. It was like the most basic GPS from back in the day. Like right. we're like talking Tom Tom or some shit. Yeah. Over 10 years ago. Garmin. And there was an option to go in and search schools. Oh so, yeah. I remember that. So that was how we would find so much. We would go to a city, ride the skate park, get in, jump on the GPS and then search schools. And we would just go to every school. And for years, that was how I found my spots. Like I didn't, I didn't know you could go online. Like this is before Facebook, Instagram, all that. Like this is the MySpace days. But um, that was how we found so much. And then I wasn't even saving spots in my phone at the time. I would have to remember like this town, and it was so and so elementary. Like you know, yeah. MLK Elementary in this town. And if we ever wanted to go back, like I just. I've always been good at remembering addresses. I was so like say, you could literally list off. Yeah, yeah. Know? So pre-phone, I had to remember everything. Like I didn't even—I don't know why I didn't write it down. Baltimore like, I, Charm City Skate Park. What is it? Yeah. Dude, you definitely. Oh, the address: forty-four zero one O'Donnell or forty-four zero four O'Donnell Street, Baltimore, Maryland. It's something like that. It's real close. Forty-four zero one O'Donnell. Yeah. The Steel Bear Trap. Yeah. I'm telling you, man, he just like lists off like 
it doesn't matter like what it is if it's just like a random like batch of like numbers and like a word like, any street he, street address he's got it it's, yeah. like in his brain forever like you'll read it once and like just like stuck there what did what did, uh what do your parents do uh, my dad sells flooring and my mom works at the elementary school. Oh, so like, cool. I don't know why I can remember stuff like that. Like, I don't know, it's <laughs> like. Yeah, that's cool. It's just like a habit you built, but you built in. Cell phones were massive and they helped a lot. Hold on, I'm going to tell you right now how many spots I have saved in my phone. <laughs> Some of these are duplicates, granted, but <sighs> right now under bike spots, I have 970 spots. <laughs> and hold on. Hold on, so that goes back to, that started December 23rd, 09. Wow. To now. Damn. So. It's covered you, the country. You've had, yeah. you've had the same iPhone iCloud since 09. Yeah, I luckily like always had enough memory Dude. and like saved my phone and knock on wood, you know, I never lost my phone, never, didn't update it, but. um. That's so crazy. Right. Yeah. I've been with the same cell phone provider, but I don't have any kind of like archival lineage like that. Smartphones changed everything because you took a picture of a spot, it saved the address. Yeah. And I mean, I'm sure other people were like collecting spots at the time. It got that simple. It got that easy to start collecting like a catalog. I think it right. took people a while to like realize how it saved or what it did. Yeah. I guess it's probably when you found Man Made that you were like, there's like, there's a scenes it became like a thing. Like you saw enough videos that you're like, oh, this is a thing that these people, it's a thing that people put videos out and they. That was cool because I saw so much that I hadn't realized. Like I thought BMX was really just jumping your bike on dirt. Like I had been doing with my mountain bike. And like I said, my buddies rode dirt bikes. So um, that was pretty much what they did. Like I knew what pegs were for, but like I didn't exactly know how much they could do or like. Right, yeah. I you're like, whoa. Yeah, and then I remember seeing the man-made video like, that was a big thing where it was like, wow. That ball guy, sorry, go ahead. No, I was just going to say like, wow, like, okay, it's a lot more than just dirt jumps, you know, dirt humps in somebody's backyard. Like You ride the metal. Right. Yeah. You know, that was another thing. Like, I didn't know that waxing a ledge was a thing originally. Like, I didn't know that, like, you had to do that in order to ride a ledge, like, when I was a kid. Like, I didn't know that... I didn't even know you could use your pegs to ride a ledge, which was crazy. I and wish like, I knew when we learned to wax. Cause like, I know like somebody showed me one day, like, no, you're supposed to wax stuff. Right. That's and it, it like opened up like, holy shit. Like, like, oh my God, I can slide on things. Like, yeah. wow. So when you went on your first trip that like going for a specific reason, as far as like getting clips, you know what I mean? Like you're filming for something or you're taking pictures. So like when you guys went, like, was there like any like idea in mind of like, getting clips, getting like filming we, for anything. Oh uh, dude, that's like a whole nother topic. So Bobby had some kind of VX, like it was like the gray and black one. Like, I don't know what they're called, but I know it was gray and black, dude. The, Fuck, if, you know, if you showed me one, I would be like, that was the camera he had. That? Yeah, it was I, probably dude, like that. That's a GL2. Yeah, it's yeah, basically the same dude, thing. GL2 uh, or GL1 probably. Yeah. So GL1s, like, yeah. The general, you know, skater, BMX rider, SD, you know, it was either that or a Sony. Yeah, dude. It's like one of the two. Um, I should probably say a little bit more. Like, I met Bobby. So I went to two different high schools. I went to Coatesville, then I went to the Catholic school for two years, then I went back to Coatesville. And when I went back to Coatesville senior year, I, oh, no, I, I'm like rusty on this. Hold on. So I met Bobby. He was from like the skateboarding world, and um, 
he just hit me up and he was like, yo, I'm trying to take pictures of you. Like riding. Not weird. Mm. But, like, <laughs> but um, yeah. he skateboarded at the time and saw what we did and he was like, this is pretty sick. And he bought a bike. Or no, I think we built him up a bike. We built a bike for him. That's what it was. And um, Bobby and I became friends and he had a Nikon and he had the VX and uh, getting back to like the first trip now, like, yeah, we filmed and we took pictures, but it really wasn't like the real agenda. It was just like a way to get away. Like we were, I guess I was 18 at the time, but like I had never driven anywhere with my buddies far away or like overnight. Right. So it was more about like the trip and just going somewhere new, seeing stuff we had never seen before, like staying in hotels, like, I mean, I'm talking about like my late teens, but like no parents, you know what I mean? Right, like yeah. no, no rules, we were on our own. And uh, I think even if we wouldn't have ridden anything good, it was just the idea that we were getting away to somewhere yeah. new and seeing new stuff. Like we went to, we went to Virginia Beach, we rode Mount Trashmore, like we rode Fredericksburg, Virginia, um, and you know, we were just down there with no agenda, like no idea what we were doing other than like the five skate parks I had written down. I had my GPS and that was what we did. And uh, the next road trip we did, we went back down and like rode some different stuff, but pretty much overlapped again. And like, we really didn't even have a road trip format. Like we didn't even know what we were really doing that well. It was just an idea of getting away and doing something mm -hmm. different out of the ordinary you know getting out of Chester County or getting out of like the Philly area to ride different things it became driving to, from spot to spot is just kind of like the normal thing like that would like that's yeah you're right like so did you guys ride like when you went to a town no we drove did, we okay drove. yeah we, so we rarely yeah. rode because we realized real quick that it wasn't time conducive to just aimlessly look because hmm. we're you know it would be like a saturday or a sunday and we would drive to say like i don't know say we drove to like york the first time we really don't know what we're looking for or what's around and it wasn't conducive to be on your bike just pedaling whereas like if you were in the car we would bounce from school to school right so i would be on the gps searching schools you know going from this elementary school to that middle school to this high school and on the way we would look for spots yeah, um, and then check out the schools. And that was kind of how we did it in the early days. Do you think that impeded on like some of your, like some of your riding though at all? Just because like, like going from school to school, you only see certain spots, you know what I'm saying? So like, it's like you never like- Ledges and rails, like stairs. A, like a storm door, you know what I mean? Oh, like, you're exactly right. And like, I, mean? I don't like, you've think- You've never seen like a, like an in like, the cutty shit. In, yeah. In the cut spots. Yeah. Like, even even Philly, I feel like we would go in the early days and we would know schools. Or, like, you know, we would go to, like, the Temple Tennis Courts. So and we would right. go to uh, Girard School, you know, whatever. And even then, like, yeah, we weren't pedaling the streets, but we just didn't... Like, we would pedal the streets at home on a weeknight. Shout out Three Block, by the way. Yeah, R.I.P., R.I.P. <laughs> Um, on a weeknight, like we would go to Thorndale and just pedal and go behind every store. Go that like, was fun. You know, that was more when we did that. But no, we were like always mission agenda oriented. Like, but I think that like was a big part of my riding and like. I feel like that aided 
I was gonna say, like, did that aid in your intensity of riding? Like, like when you went to that spot, like you're like, well, I'm here for this spot. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. Oh my. Yeah, you're exactly weird. right. Like we had so much where you just drove two hours. Right. Or you know, we drove two hours. Somebody has to do something, or it would be. We just checked out four schools. There was nothing. We're on the fifth school. I'm going to go nuts, or I'm going to do this rail. Right. But um, that was even more of a factor on road trips. Right. Because then it became, you know, we just drove five, six, seven, eight hours away. We're never going to be back here. Right. So that was like, you really have to produce, because we were younger then, too. You know, now, like, I might say, like, okay, you know, I'll drive back there someday or sometime but back then you were like no we're never going to be here and like way more amped when you're younger (laughs) so it was like you had to make something happen back then i gotta pee do you want to shoot the shit with him while i pee or whatever if your mics are still on we really didn't do intros so yep Yep. mics are still on yeah matt smith is kind of like conducting the whole interview chit chat right now shiloh's here he's not mic'd up but he's going to take over for matt um and then i'm what's up I'm matt Shiloh. matt lawhead obviously like no official intro we kind of just are winging it right now yeah can you hear me check check so shiloh's probably like one of the absolute perfect people to ask me any question because i've ridden with him and been in the van with him more than any other human alive right. you know it's like how many dude we've probably been in the van would you say a thousand hours? You know what I mean? Like we've been in the van hundreds of hours, like it, even just in the car, we've been in the car. At least hundreds of hours. Hundreds of hours together, LFSing in the rain, you know, just driving from spot to spot. Like you went on every trip with us. Dude, and like, that's what's crazy. Cause like there was like a BMX, like there was, there was something that sparked BMX in you originally. And that's like something that I wasn't a part of. So like- Yeah, cause I was, so, so I'm I'm almost 29. I'm 28 right now. And Shiloh, how old are you? 23. So yeah, there's a bit of an age gap. So mm. I had done a bit and learned a lot before I even met Shiloh. And I met Shiloh in Thorndale. His brother rode. I mean, if you know, if you yeah. want to elaborate, I was gonna we, say Slade rode, uh, which is my older brother. Uh, hung out with like, you know, Mike Cesario, Mike Cesario. In, in turn, new Miles Vendetta. Well, Miles. So if you really want to, if you really want to talk about the family tree, so I went to, I went to Coatesville. I met Anthony and Jason. Switching and then, mics. And then I went to Shanahan, and I met Miles in my gym class, and Miles rode, and Miles's brothers Nick. Um, Miles and Nick introduced me to Matt Smith. Nick. Then knew size thirty two husky. <laughs> Nick knew AJ and Cesario and Slade. They were all in the same grade. And then Shiloh was Slade's younger brother. The youngest, uh, age uh, dude, thirteen. Dude, the tree of meeting everybody's wild because then AJ's dad was in Havertown, and right. AJ took us to Havertown, and we met Conway and Capone, and all the you know. Back then, it was the Infamy guys. Right. And then it became the Stink Pit guys, and that was how we met them. Um, I started to say, like, earlier how we met the Phoenixville guys. We, it was like me, Bobby, AJ, whoever, went to Phoenixville just to ride one day, 
and we were at the high school and we were riding like a bike rack. It was like this perfect bike rack. Nice. And all of a sudden, like a crew of like eight guys come out of nowhere, all on BMX bikes. And we're like, you know, what? Like, where did this crew come from? <laughs> and they were like, hey, we have trails in the woods, like right across the field at the high school. Um, but that was how we met like Steve Tassone, Brian, I forget his last name, Corey, I forget his last name. But, um, I remember Peville Corey being someone. Yeah, yeah. Everybody in my phone was like Peville Corey yeah, or yeah. Peville Steve or, um, but that was how we H-Town met those guys. Or H Town that, you know what I mean? Like, how soon is this before you learn about 2x4 and 2x4 happens? So, 2x4, how old was I? You're going back. Because that's, that's what you want. You want to keep going with the background, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, I'm two by four you know i'm sure somebody else knows like what year it was but i want to say we didn't go until like my freshman or sophomore year of college i think we found out about two by four okay i know how we found out about two by four (laughs) so kevin poman it was something like kevin it was something with Union and Ian was there. And Ian dated Paige and Ian's sister was Van's ex-wife. And that was how we found out about 2x4 because Ian went to 2x4. Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? So yeah. it was like seeing Ian and he was like real good at the time. Like he was crazy. Oh, yeah, he fucking ripped. He would shred the shit out of Union. Yeah. And we would like all just stop and watch. Like, right, you would just wow. you would air the hell out of box jumps. Like, yeah, mm-hmm. and he was like pegless. Like, was he like... Op- Oppo footed or something. Switch, I think we switched feet. I yeah. forget, but yeah, that was how was. we found out. And like Kevin, it was like Kevin was friends with Ian or something, I think. And that was the first time we went out to two by four. I was probably like 18, 19, maybe 20. So but it really wasn't that far of a drive for us. It was like a 45 minute ride. We went down to Westchester, went into Wilmington, and then went over the bridge. And it was right on the other side of the bridge. Nice. That was that was huge in a lot of ways because it was like we went there and like it was like oh there's there's Van Homan you know yeah like, you got to meet the pro that's yeah, behind the yeah. shop right by, away by then I knew a lot more about like the culture and the history of BMX and like I knew that was a big deal so like seeing him in person and like that was the first time I had seen anybody of like that caliber um, I mean it was a big deal for me but I think it was even so much bigger for the younger guys like AJ Cesario Slade like they were all. Real young. Three or four years younger than me. Um, so yeah. for them to see it, like I feel like it got them that much more psyched on BMX. Right. It That's got them that much yeah. more into it. Dude, what was tight was like being around Matt and those guys was like, like I got to hang out with like the older dudes, but then like meeting Van too. And like them, like just like from hanging out at the shop as much as we did after like Matt found out about it. Like he would drive us down. Like, and we would just hang out. Like there were times we didn't even go to buy anything. Like we would just go to hang out. Like Pennsville had stuff to ride, but like not the greatest. Like you know what I mean? Like you could session there for a bit, but it's not like you really went there to ride. It was like an exciting place to go. Somebody else might be there from another scene, from another area. Yeah, and that was the other thing. Like you could be hanging out in the shop, and you didn't know who was gonna walk in. Like you know, yeah, Chase D could have walked. You know what I mean? Like, right. And then you're like really like yeah. wow you know i've seen him in this video and like you're a younger kid or like you know totally. my crew was younger but um i think that really cemented it in everybody's minds like that was the first time you felt a part of something like you felt like 
the scene felt a lot more tangible because you're like, okay, he's huge. Like you've seen right. Right. this person in videos and he's like, and you're riding with him now. So that just made BMX that much more real and that much more of a big deal for us. Like me in my early 20s and those guys and like, you know, what? Dude, I was like 15. You, yeah, Shiloh was the youngest one. My first video being You Got That, by the way. Yo, You Got That was sick. You Got That was I couldn't tell if you could, like, hear me. You're good, but I can hear when this cord hits the mic, because that's your mic right there. If you you might want to tuck that in a little bit more. I think that would help. Is that better? Oh, yeah, all that. You can can hear hear me better now? I think so. Yeah, there's way less, like, play in it now. Um, But when 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 these bump... Got it. You'll have issues. So I'll well, it's way quieter now. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I didn't even realize your voice how is much, clearer now too. I didn't realize how much like static and stuff was going on. No, we no, it wasn't that much. Professional stuff. We're just winging this. The podcast. cool, the cool part about like this is like all ho dunk and shit. But like the cool part about this is what that what you just said? Ho dunk. Ho-dunk. It's yeah. like podunk, like a podunk little town. Yeah, yeah it's like, like the same word. In a podunk town is ho dunk. <laughs> I didn't fucking know that, dude. That's good. <laughs> so. Where, where did we leave off with two by four? Yeah. You met, you started going to two by four. Two by four existed for a minute before I got a part of it. And then once I was a part of it, I saw you guys coming down all the time. Right. Well, we, was... we knew you before then. Yes. We, I knew yeah. you from Lebanon. That was like early 2000. I mean, that was like 04, 05. We knew you from Lebanon. Yeah. And then you moved to Philly. Yep. And when you were living in Philly, that was when you started working at Two by four. Yeah, and what did you go to college for again? What did I go for? Is that a joke? Are you? No, no, because we just didn't we didn't cover it. So I just wanted to. Anthropology. It's kind of a joke. So (laughs) hold on, sidetrack, non BMX tangent. Like you're in high school, and you know you hear the most cliche thing like go to school for what you like to do. Yeah. yeah. And it was like I always had awesome history teachers, and like you know I was always like like older guys with like a bunch of jokes or like real witty or like they were just cool guys. So I was like, I'm going to go to school for history, and I was a dual major, history and anthro. And, uh, like, it gradually became clear that, like, I liked anthro better than history. So I dropped history down to my minor and majored in anthro. And, uh, you know, it's like you get done four-year school, and it's not even, like, the information that you learned. It was, like, the skill set that you built while you were there. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I learned about, like, foreign cultures and like all this weird stuff that has no application on a daily basis but like i learned how to manage my time or write papers yeah. or take notes complete or stuff like, yeah conduct myself like in a professional like adult environment and it was like the skills that come along with like four-year school not just the information of the major yeah you yeah. know just because i didn't go to school for like business or something more common like i still have that skill set right of what I did then. You know, you learn like organizational skills. Yeah. You learn, you just get better with a computer. You know, whether you learn like PowerPoint or Excel or whatever, you still hone all that in at like a four year college. Yeah, and what is what is the definition of anthropology? So really? anthro is just like the study of people, you know, whether it's like archeology span or like sociology. Um, and what I liked was the archeology span side of it. Uh-huh. And when I was in school, it's like, I was thinking about Indiana Jones. Like, I thought that was so sick. Like, I wanted to go to, like, some Asian country or some African country and, like, explore ruins or whatever. And, like, that was what I was going on. I was like, okay, I'm going to move across the world. I'm going to, like, 
you know, be back in like the rainforest, you know, whatever. Yeah. And uh, like that was kind of what I was running on, and I, it was really like pipe dreams of like somebody in their early 20s like you don't know better like you got done high school and you know you don't know what you're doing or what to do and you're taking advice from people and like trying to make the right. best of it it's like exactly you might not be doing what's best for you but you try to have an idea of what you're doing you're trying you yeah know. but um i got done school and you know at the time like you have a girlfriend like you have school loans you have like a current job and uh you know going across the world to like some foreign country just wasn't wasn't an option anymore you know it's like you don't want to leave your life at home and then um a lot of what i found right off the bat was like they wanted you to work for free and that's great for some people but like i had school loans you know i had to pay for my car like i couldn't go like live in a tent somewhere work for free and pay for all my stuff you know what i mean like right. like i couldn't do charity work like right. i was doing remodeling uh, when I got done college and I went right to that and I was doing doors, windows, siding, like Shiloh does it. Like I worked where Shiloh works now. Mm -hmm. And um shout out Millennials from all the Yeah. And uh I did that right out of school. Like it had nothing to do with my major, it had nothing to do with even like four year school at all. But it paid the bills, it's so yeah, you gotta yeah, do. I mean I paid my school loans, done. I paid my phone, yeah. you know, I, I still paid for my car. And uh you know, I, I never really used my degree for like something that pertained to that field, but you know, people just recognize that you have a four year degree or like, I'm able to talk myself up to say like, oh, it's the skills that I learned or it's like the skill set that I have. And like yeah. in interviews, like I can sell myself. Like, mm. you know, I can like really talk up why certain things are beneficial. And I think like any good employer, like if you, if they, if you can talk it up and sound intelligent and justify it, they'll take you. Well, the other thing is, is like, you're, everybody's human. Like you can only, you know what I mean? There ain't no fucking superhumans that I ever met yet. Like, like they're super athletes, but like, as like an employee, like I follow instruction. I do what you tell me, you know, yada, yada. Yeah, yeah. And, like that's and, all you gotta do. A good employer is going to recognize, like, yeah, you learned this stuff in school, but, like, you didn't learn that on the job. Like, right. what, like, there's so much information about individual jobs that you learn on the clock. Those, like, those painful first three months of yeah, your new job. Yeah, yep. like, college only teaches you so much, and really, I feel like a college degree just shows that you stuck with something. Like, exactly, yes. So many employers define you by, okay, you stuck through this you are paying these loans like you got through something you're responsible then, from something and then they hire you based on that because you stuck with something for that amount of time where like if you didn't go to four-year school there they might view like view you in a different way dude as a graphic designer that's the weird part is like someone who didn't go to school has just has exactly just as much opportunity if they're good that is yeah at graphic design yeah. Like, even if you are going to be this extremely arty person at the end of the day, you're going to have to be organized to oh, some yeah. degree. Yeah. So you have to have some kind of discipline. Right. And, you know, college helps with that a little bit. Yeah. I mean, if you can have the discipline without it, then good on you. Like, I, I couldn't have written as much as I did if it wasn't for college because, like, I had school loans that, like, I wasn't just using for school. And, uh... <laughs> 
Them you refund know, like, checks, boy. Yeah, I mean, Shout I did. Max refund yeah. Because I never had to pay gas growing up, which was super tight. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, we that, that, fund, that funded a lot of trips. Like, I'm paying for it now in my late uh, 20s. You're paying, but, like, 8% interest on that, bro. I, yeah, yeah, exactly. Like, it was <laughs> it was worth it. You know, like, yeah. I might, like, regret something now or not be psyched on something, but it was like I couldn't have done what I did or, like, be where I'm at now if I hadn't done that. Like, when, or like now that you have been all over like the country, you've ridden your bike in all different parts of the, you know, the country, um, solely and like, like you said, kind of based off like you purchased that with your like student loans and stuff like that, or refunds, and like you're kind of paying for that in a later date. Like, do you, would you say that was like completely worth it? Like that was oh, totally yeah. worth because, it? Oh yeah, because like it taught me you know, not to sound like too cliche or corny, but it taught me so much about myself and like how to do stuff. Like you learn a lot when you just throw your buddies in a van and you're gonna drive somewhere. And right. you're like, okay, we have to figure out how to get into a motel, you know, before smartphones, like how we're gonna get into a hotel, like how we're gonna lie about having four people instead of two so we don't yep. have to pay how to 30 hustle. more dollars. Right. Yeah, and then like, you know, just the navigation of an older style GPS, no smartphone, like trying to figure things out. You know, we used to we used to get to a town and not know where the skate park might exactly be. And like we would go into gas stations and be like, Do you guys know where the skate park is? And we got <laughs> I'm dead serious. And we would get so many looks, like people would be like, No, I've never heard of the skate park. And I mean, <laughs> we would have stuff where we would be at a gas station, say, Where's the skate park? the cashier would say, I have no idea, I've never heard of a skate park, I don't know what that is. And it would be like a block away. And we, wow, the skate park right. would be there. But it was just like, we resorted to way more simple stuff back in the day than people do now with like, like what I can do now on my phone. 900 spots. You know, so I saw, I wanna say it was Julian Artiga and somebody else ride this blue rail to a brown ledge. Brian Howard just did a, a vertical pole that. jam into a DP, into like an oppo something. And uh, <laughs> so anyway, I just have to t like, cause I'm, I'm like a spot nerd and I feel like I need to talk about like that a lot just because like how into spots I am. It's ridiculous. But um, I guess, again, when I was in school, I had a class called GIS. So that was like geographic information systems. And um, it like taught you how to use Google maps, how to use Google earth, and then oh. how to like, build maps so like I could go in and I could do like show all high schools in Pennsylvania and it would generate a map so like seeing that I was like wow I can get anywhere or do anything and like that was sick at the time you know I was only like 18 or 19 that was technology that was so so you know fast forward almost 10 years and I shit um yeah. So I, I saw a spot in a video and I forget who wrote it. I had like a screenshot of somebody's Instagram and I could see like the school emblem on the wall. And I could see that the colors were blue and yellow. So uh, I couldn't find the address anywhere for the school. And, uh, oh no, 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 I'm sorry, I'm sorry. So I had a picture of the spot without the emblem on Instagram and I had that and I had like the comments from people on this and then I saw Julian Ortega do a, a line there and I could see the emblem on the wall in the clip of him riding it. Oh my god. So um you know I'm like 
six degrees of separation, like so deep in Instagram, like creeping through people's comments. And I figure out the spots in Long Island. I couldn't find anything else. So like, I'm a, like a day into like looking into the spots. So like, I know it's in Long Island. I know the school colors are blue and yellow. So I get online and uh, I type in like list of schools in Long Island and they all come up and I just start clicking on them. And I'm going through all of them. I'm going to run through these bitches. Yep. And I'm looking for the blue and yellow one. So I <laughs> finally find the school that the colors are blue and yellow. I get the address. I go on Google Earth. And, like, I think I can see it. I go down to Street View and I can see the rail to ledge in Street View. So, like, I've done stuff like that to find spots. And then I drove, you know, six hours from Coatesville to Long Island in January to ride this spot, you know, first thing in the morning. You know, oh it's like God. 16 degrees, and I show up at this spot to ride it. Why, um, why didn't you just wait till it was warmer out? What made you say, like, I gotta go now? I guess because, like, spots get torn out or get capped, you know, or, like, they tear out the steel rails and put uh -huh. aluminum ones in. Yeah, and, uh, true. Like, I forget what job I had at the time. But, um, yeah, I was just like, I have to go. <laughs> so, you know, it was like I went up, like, the sun was just coming up. Like I said, it was, like, 16 degrees, like, not including the wind chill. And I got a clip there and then, like, basically drove back, you know. So it was like, I remember man. receiving this picture in the group chat. And like, it was just like, what are you doing up there? And yeah, like, nobody took me seriously. They're like, if it feels like five right now, like it's fifteen, it feels like five. Like, what are you doing? Yeah. Yikes. Meanwhile, growing up, our entire lives, Matt was also the he was the the team manager yeah. in a sense, trip so, organizer. He was the trip organizer. He would like make sure everyone like you know bring their lotion with them. You know, their <laughs> dude. I was making sure their shoes were on the right yeah. feet. Like I babied everybody. <laughs> like. I learned once I got rid of my brakes, I could do anything on a bike and like, like, like mechanic wise, but, um, oh. I could jerry rig anything. Cause I had these younger guys with me, these goofballs that had like no money, nothing to fix their bikes. And like, I had to figure out how to like make their bikes work mm -hmm. with like washers and screws from Home Depot. <laughs> so, uh, I got really good at improvising to fix their bikes or like fix chains, like People didn't have chain breakers back then. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like you would go to Kmart and you would buy this chain breaker that was not meant for shadow chains or like not meant for nope. whatever. And you'd snap the chain breaker. You know what I used to do? I had a pipe wrench that I would like squeeze down so it was just about the size of a pin. I put my chain there and I had a fucking I think it was called like an aluminum dowel and I had a hammer and I had I literally hammered yep. my own pins out of my frame, man. That's good. Or out of my chain. Yeah. That's yeah, shit. Hit it too far out. Yeah. And that was yep. the thing. Because then you couldn't get it back in. You're trying to take vice grips oh, and like squeeze yeah. it back. That's like, exactly what you when, have to do. You know, when I was like, mm. I don't know, I was probably like 14 or 15 and I had my first BMX bike and I forget what I was doing with the chain, but it's like my dad trying to help me. And it was like, we. I guess there was no master link, but it was like trying to work on a chain with like an awe and a hammer and then vice grips and trying to like get pins in and out. And you're trying to like, you know, you get the pin lined up and you're putting putting like the chain in a vice and you're trying to like tighten the vice down. Yeah. And like, yep. I just remember so much of that. Dude, they were probably like three links down from the master link, didn't even know it. Right. Yeah, yeah, like I don't, I don't even know if I knew what a master link yeah, was Oh yeah, totally, then. like I wouldn't know. Yeah. <laughs> and like, it's like Matt was always like the team manager and that was like, like, that's how trips got, like, organized. That's how, like, we knew where we were going. Like, uh, 
we would get there and he'd have to like fix everyone's chains and like <laughs> and that was like kind of how like I guess like when like he ori like like learned how to orient spots like where we were going next like where where we were staying like all that stuff it was always like this is where we're going and this is how we're riding like and it was like always like that's how BMX was it was like it always like you guys didn't have a choice about the spots it like, was like okay we're going to schools we're looking for ledges downstairs we're looking for handrails we're looking for you know sub boxes whatever right. and I guess like you got like that was like we would show up to a school and you had to ride what was there like there weren't screllies there weren't pole jams there no. weren't you know you were looking at like a lot of times like banger spots like we would just look for the biggest rail or the biggest ledge and, and that, that was, was the thing I like knew growing up, growing up was like like Matt did big handrails like it was like look for the thing with the most steps and halt like just like huck yourself at it and see what happens yeah now we're now we're getting to that point yeah like yeah. so from day one I knew I didn't have a lot of like technique or skill like I could never bar like I can whip like once every three years like I can't do anything stylish so my thing was always like okay I'm gonna look for the biggest ledge I'm gonna look for the biggest rail and I'm gonna, you know, DP it, or I'm gonna feeble a ledge, and that was like how we looked for stuff. You know, we would just go to schools and look for the rail that went from the parking lot down to the football field, <laughs> and you made sure it was like 25 stairs, and we, you know, I rode that like. Right. It, By the way, I do have a clip of Matt doing a tail whip, catching pedals. Yeah, like I said, every three years, so I've probably done like three tail whips. <laughs> Um, he, he just chooses to do big rails, but yeah, that was like that was always what riding was like. It wasn't like nibbling around at spots. It wasn't like let's stay here for a while and like session this. It was like, so who's gonna do it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yep. yeah you have to yep. do this because we're going yep. somewhere else. So you know, if this is a right side rail, you know, AJ Cesario, you're doing this. If it's a left side rail. I'm doing it or Shiloh, you know, if I'm scared to do it, I'm going to talk Shiloh into doing it. Like, you know, it's something like, like that. Slade was yeah. trying it, so I'm trying it. Like, yeah, like, it was crazy. And like, it was the time crunch of, okay, we're, you know, we're an hour, we're two hours, three hours away from the house. Like, we're burning daylight. Somebody has to do something here because we're going to keep moving. And you also, like, you're you're not only doing that, but you're showing up to these spots at 8 o'clock in the morning. And yeah. You're like, all right, boys, fresh oh. out the van, like, there's a 12-stair handrail. I know you've never done one, Shiloh, but let's get her done. Like, I Yeah, I had years where, like, I hated going to a skate park. Like, I looked at a... I'm totally different now, but, like, I looked at a skate park as a total waste of time, and why are we here, and, like, we could be LFSing or, like, riding streets somewhere. Why are we at a skate park? And we had years where, like, we'd wake up at 6 o'clock, say we're driving to this town, and, like... You know, the sun would be just getting over the trees, right. and it would be like, okay, who's doing this handrail? You know, like, we're <laughs> yeah. at the school, let's go. And it's like, uh, I remember uh, Conway, or maybe, yeah, I believe it was Conway said one time, he was like, he's like, yo, what's up with all these pictures that you guys, like, you guys take? It's like, you're, there's like a, a rail with like a mountain in the background. Oh, yeah. And it's like, he was like, where do you find these things? And it's like, I remember you telling me that. We would just be in the middle of nowhere. Like, I would... I had a paper driving map in my van, and uh, it was probably pre-van. It was probably like my wagon. Right. Um, I had a wagon before I had my vans that I have now. But um, I had a paper map, and I would look for the cities, and cities would be like highlighted yellow. Mm. And the yellow would radiate out from the center of the city. Is it like that? Like that Yeah, map? yeah. So we would, 
this is great. So we have a map behind us in Matt's office of PA, and it's literally what I just said. So all the cities are bright yellow, and we would leave Coatesville and just go to like the biggest yellow. And like we might do that one weekend, and then a few weekends later, we'd be like, okay, we went through all the biggest yellows. Now we're going through the smaller ones. Mm -hmm. So yeah, we'd be out in like, like you said, a little podunk town, just looking at the schools. And the nice thing about PA is it's like a Rust Belt state. So you'd have these old schools with crazy, Rust nice steel handrails. Like everything was husky back then. Mm -hmm. And uh, we just had a lot of luck. You know, PA is kind of hilly. So you'd always find rails going down stuff. Shout out Pittsburgh for being really hilly. That's probably always going to be my favorite riding city. Like just from like the memories and how much we've done out that way. And like right. just the prevalence of spots, you know, not, and even parks, you know, even that the parks they have. Shout out Pittsburgh for being my first yeah. road trip. Yeah. With Matt Smith, where he smelled the dig magazine. <laughs> oh yeah, we, we yeah. picked you up from <laughs> two by four. Yep. Is that for the trip? Yeah. Oh my God. We drove. Wow. We drove from Coatesville east to pick you up in Jersey at two by yep. four, then oh. drove back, back west oh. to go to Pittsburgh. Yeah. Oh. Is yeah. that the is that the one time when we were like screaming black and black and yellow? Yeah, yeah. That was when Whiskalitha's black and yellow came out. That was when you did the over ice at the school. Yeah. Dude, that and was. We were there for like was, hours setting up this this perfect over ice on these cement blocks that had been demoed out of the school. Right. And uh. It was a setup you'd never find again. Oh my you know, god! It was, it, was like, it was like 12 degrees outside. It was so sick. It was it, the coolest part was we were LFSing and it didn't look like there was anything around. And you're like, hey, let's go back there. I'm like, I, I remember legitimately thinking like, it's bunch. It's a bunch of scrap school chairs. There can't be anything. And then like there's like this big ass bank. And before I think we, I don't know if somebody said, over ice it. I was like, I think I said something like maybe I can over ice it with a um, skid there. Yeah, we like put a, a pallet in the middle. There was like a hole in the concrete, and I was like mad sketched out because I wanted to go. Because when I, in the photo I go up and ice and come back down the other side. Right. Oh yeah, and what it was is you rode up the cement, but you had to come back in the pallet, or you would have nose dove. That's right. what it was. Yeah, and I was like, I was scared. And I think when I did land it, I was I ended up icing around the skid. Oh yeah, so so ended the cement up. was shaped like an upside down U. And we took a pallet and set it in the upside down U, but you essentially went up the right side of the U, did the yeah, over ice, and came the down the left side of the U and didn't even hit the pallet. It was more of like yeah. a security thing so you didn't flip over. Yeah, because I was mad scared because it was like super cobblestone, like tough shit. And I mean, we just that had was that. was gnarly cement. Yeah, that was yeah, like that was when you pour the gravel and cement on top, we were riding the underside. So right. it was like the poured gravel on the bottom yeah. sticking up. Right. And I, I was, I remember just being afraid of just like, cause when you over ice stuff, you normally just come like right back and right where your peg was and, and that's it. Mm -hmm. So like the travel over, it was just like real sketchy. And he was setting up the car. He was, I was like, I was still looking at it like, oh, this would be cool. But I was like, I'm basically. Yeah, I remember it being real late at night too. It was on the way home. We were leaving. leaving. Yeah, we were leaving. Oh my God, because that was back home. when we would like still ride a full day and then drive yeah, home. Know, so right. like we had ridden all day. This was a school that was just on the way home. And uh, yeah, we still had to drive like six hours to get home back to Coatesville. Jesus. I remember just uh, like we were talking about it and I was looking at it and then I look over and this guy, I was like, what the fuck are you doing? And he's like, 
I'm getting headlights so they can point perfectly at the spot. And I was I like, I had to aim the van to light up the spot for you. Yeah. And I was like, why are you doing that? He's like, so you can get this clip. I was like, I don't know if I can do this. And that was like one of those times where he kind of pushed me and I did something and I was like, you know, I kind of really didn't even think it was, I was capable. And I think I probably took a gajillion bitch Sh runs. Shout out Matt for like that being the whole reason that like I started like, just like hucking myself down. Yeah. Well, you know, yeah. Like, Definitely an inspiration. And, like, Cheers what to was that. tight was because like <laughs> long as like uh, we would get to a spot like he had done like I knew in like myself that he had done so many handrails at the time and like we would go to handrails and he would be like yo I did this so, like <laughs> I already did it so that means you can do it yeah yeah, yeah. And I'm like alright cool so I do it and like then like next thing you know we're going to spots and like because like he had done big handrails, he's like, he was like, all right, like yeah, you should do this one. It's a good one. And then like we would spend like an hour of him like sitting at the bottom of a spot, like telling me like, yo, you like, dude, we had a lot of times where like, like I feel like I can recognize skill in somebody like even if they don't know they have the skill kind of thing. And so it's like I I know when I see something and like I know when somebody can do something. And, uh, like their bike control. Yeah, it would be like me laying at the bottom of a rail trying to take a picture or me coaching Shiloh for like an hour. And right. it would be like, I know you have this. Just jump on it. Like, do your thing. Just get it. Yeah, there, we, we should talk about this real quick. There's a clip on this trip. Shiloh probably, this was, Shiloh was really young. That was really his first. Young. Your over ice trip was his first DP on a down rail. Yeah, and it was a church rail, right? Yep. And I was it was on a skateboard. brown wrought iron, I and, remember. Yep. And I think behind a church. But yeah. I got I got to pee real bad, so don't forget why I don't like filming. And yeah, I'm about to get session, into that. And session spots, right? Because like I have two things I want to touch on. I, I want to piss like a mother. Are we Are we back on recording? We've been recording. So <laughs> I wanted to talk about session spots. Like I know you said we only rode banger spots, and like. Back in the day, like when I was still in school, we would go away on the weekends. So we would go to new areas Saturday and Sunday and look for banger spots. But like we still rode during the week. So like I feel like that was when you guys got done school or like whoever got done work. That we would ride, you know, primarily Thorndale and Downingtown, the session spots. And that was when we would like hone our skills or like, mm. you know, we kept the blood flowing, kept the cobwebs off. And that was when we would session things. Um, Dude, shout out the Brandywine YMCA because that oh, yeah. was like another place that like was a really, really big start to like what I thought BMX was all about because like I knew Matt, like Matt worked there at the time, like when I was, when he was going to college and uh, he had um, like become the manager at the skate park. So he would just like watch over the skate park all summer long. And like at age 13, I like lived like right down the hill from the skate park. So I pedaled up there at like eight o'clock in the morning to meet him up there, like when he was like at work. So we would shred the skate park all day, like me, him, Cesario, Miles. You, so you basically abducted Shiloh as soon as he started leaving his house. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> once, once I was like, Shiloh's down, he's serious. He wants to do anything all the yeah. time. I was like, I'm picking you up. We're going. Tell your mom where you're going. Yeah, the why, the why was six. So my senior year of high school, um, I knew Dark Mark. He skated. Dark um, Mark. We had field bio together. And I knew he worked at the skate park at the YMCA. And uh, he, said, he said, we're hiring. 
And uh, I was like, dude, get me a job. So I was working at Walmart at the time, pushing carts. So you're walking at Walmart and at the skate park? No, no, no. So I was working, like, I guess I was at Walmart for, like, probably a year. I don't know, a year or two. But uh, I was pushing carts at Walmart. So, like, I would just literally go in the parking lot, collect all the carts, push them back to the store, and then, like, hang out until the carts were back in the parking lot. And, like, it wasn't a bad gig, but it was, like, mindless. And uh, it just kind of sucked working at Walmart. Yeah, so yeah. Dark Mark said, you know. <laughs> what a nickname. Right. Yeah. So he said, uh, you know. Oh. <laughs> yeah. No, Peruvian. He was adopted Peruvian. from That's Peru. Right. That's right. Yeah, he was Peruvian. Did he introduce himself to you as Dark Mark? Or he's oh, just he like, everybody have. calls me Dark Mark? I know Mark. Bobby called him Dark Mark. Yeah, Dark Mark. Like, when Bobby Mark. still skated, <laughs> he skated funny. with him. Oh, my God. Yeah. But uh, he got me a job at the Y. Cool. And uh, that was so much better than Walmart. Like, I didn't even tell Walmart I quit. I just stopped going. No and way. Started, and started working at the skate park. So I would go to the skate oh. park from, like, 9 in the morning pretty much until either everybody left or like it got dark and that was monday through saturday all summer um that was like seasonal so i think i used to do that from like uh like memorial day to like labor day maybe that was like pools you were like operating like a pool yeah oh yeah we opened up just before the ymca pool did right but um yeah i would just essentially ride all day every single day at the skate park and uh you know i learned all kinds of stuff there it was like the culture for these guys like aj cesario shiloh slate everybody would come up and just hang out all day and it was like you know we listened to music rode it we was played words with friends so oh, it was man that game went hard it was kind of like pre-smartphone like you weren't glued to your phone back then like like people are now. So yeah. like you socialized more or like rode more where now like you have a lot more like glued to the phone doing stuff on that. There would be Literally as he swipes up. <laughs> hey, my phone lit up. Yeah, that, I was right. kind of making a point of people glued to their phone. And the thing was like there were days where it was so hot that like we couldn't ride. So there were days where like we went up there and we'd sit under an umbrella and we would play like words with friends when like finally everyone like had an iPhone. And that was, like, after, like, the development of, like, everyone getting iPhones, you know what I mean? Like, after, like, so many years of us going to the skate park, like, not having cell phones. Like, I, I showed up probably, like, I probably had, like, a flip phone originally, like, going to the skate park. Huh. But, um, huh. and that was, like, the crazy thing, because, like, when we were first going to the skate park, it was, like, we literally rode our bikes up there to meet up with Matt. And then from there, like, during I, the summer, he would, like, drive us to, like, cliff jumping spots or, like, riding spots afterwards that we'd go to at night. Like, mm -hmm. like super tight. He was, like, the adventure man. Right. It was, like, he would, like, back us up in the car and he'd be, like, all right, we're going here. And he'd be, like, all right, bet. Like, I'm cool. Yeah. So, it was cool because back then, like, nobody even questioned anything. It was, like, get in the van. We're going, like, we're yeah. going to have a good time. We had no agenda. So, like, there was no reason for us to be, like, yeah, no, we're not doing that. We, we, we was, like, let's do it. And then I remember when I got on the trips, and I, I remember one of the trips, he pulled out a fucking spot list printed in a document protector, ready to roll. And Dude, the, page, the clear page protectors, yeah. yep, I always did that. Ever, and, that and then after that, whenever he would invite me on trips, I was like, oh, I know it's going to be good because I know he's going to have an itinerary. Yep. And I won't, I won't ever forget it, man. It's like the one time that I, it felt, I don't know how to explain it, but it felt really cool. It was when I lived with Mark. And I, I didn't have any money. Like, I, I think I was, like, jobless, and I just, I was just scrapping. Like, 
you know how when nothing's going on when you're like job, actually scrapping like, like stealing copper tubes out of houses and stuff. not not even i should have i should have but i didn't but um aluminum cans <laughs> um but you were like yeah we're going on this road trip and i was like talking to mark about it and, and he's like you should probably go you know and so i went and it was like that trip to Pittsburgh, I was like the time of my life, man. And that's when you, Shiloh, encouraged me to ride on this narrow ass ledge in Ohio. Oh, yep. Yo, shout out that school because it like murdered Matt Smith. That, I mean, my shoulder's still fucked up to this day from it. Yep. I have to do exercises every day because of it. Kids, be careful what you do. Shiloh had a great, Shiloh had a great suggestion. I tried to initiate the suggestion. Um, I kept hopping before the lip i wanted to ramp off the little bit of tranny and then catch the bank and the one time i took i took my eyes off the fucking ledge the second i took my eyes off the fucking ledge to look at the, the little tranny to get the kick i fucking hugged the ledge with my right arm and just tackled the the wedge with my left shoulder you know that school was made out of the same like smooth ceramic brick that i slid on that bank to sub in allentown or bethlehem and broke my sternum it was like that smooth ceramic like whatever you call that but Dude. like a brick some so, hard like, brick that stuff slippery whatever yeah, it's made out fall. of like a, like a glazed <coughs> yeah. brick that fall was probably the scariest fall i've ever seen in my life because like yo so like i've seen matt like eat i've seen lawhead die and like this one was different though because like he slid down this bank and like I caught it out of the corner of my eye because he was doing a foot jam and it's like something he does everywhere you know what I mean he foot jams everything foot jams comes back into the bank and his freaking front tire just slides out and like he makes it all the way to the bottom of the bank tire catches grip at the concrete and his hands just blow straight forward off his bike down to his pegs oh. his sternum catches his his crossbar so hard and all you hear is and like it was a sumo like boom it was like this loud thud and like i've never seen someone make a c shape and then bounce back to an l shape so quickly it was like ridiculous what? and after he hit like his like sternum it was just like immediately he like turned blue mouth like lips turning purple like oh man we were like like dude that was like so beyond scary because like Dude, when you see like that's like that happened to someone, you're like, and like another thing is like, because nine out of ten times Matt was like the person that knew what to do. Mm. So like, yeah, you're like, oh <laughs> shit, he's down. What do we do? I was like, god damn it, like, like Matt's the one, and like luckily, like because of Matt, I was like, okay, Matt, like we're gonna get you an ambulance. Like I'm gonna drive your car back to your house, and then like from there, I'll just like pick my van up like later on, and like it worked out, but it was like, yeah, dude, that shit was crazy. So like that. that wreck, I I slid out and like caught my front wheel the, the exact way Shallow said, and when my sternum hit my bars, like I heard the crunch, oh. like I heard it break, and uh, like right away I I couldn't breathe, and I kind of knew like don't panic, like I knew not to panic, so but I couldn't breathe, so I was just laying there and I was like. Like, you know, the panic is building. Like, you can't breathe. Like, you don't know what's going on. Like, and, what else can I fucking think about? Yeah. And I wound up flat on my back. And when I went to sit up, my whole chest, like, shifted on itself and crunched. So it's like, oh if your God. chest 
broke in half and then moved in two halves. Oh. And it was like, I could feel it moving. So imagine something that's been stationary in your body <sighs> your whole life, and now it moves. Yeah. And it was like, I don't remember the pain. Christ. I don't remember the pain being that bad, but it was freaky that something was moving and crunching that had never moved before. Yeah. You know. And uh, like it, it sucked because normally I would have just thrown... I would have just got in the van or like thrown somebody in the van, but I couldn't get up. Mm-hmm. I was like, guys, like I can't yeah. sit up. Like I could feel, I could feel my chest moving on itself, Damn. and uh, it sucked. But I was like, you have to call an ambulance because I, I couldn't even. You like finally muttered those words, which was crazy. And uh, I tried to roll over, and I felt it move, and I just couldn't sit dude, up, couldn't roll over. And not wow! Only that, but the EMTs that showed up were like complete assholes and like didn't know. Like, they couldn't comprehend, which is, like, another thing that's, like, kind of crazy. Like, luckily it doesn't happen often, or, like, you know, knock on wood, it doesn't happen often that, like, you have to have, like, EM- EMT show up to a spot. But it's almost like they don't understand or comprehend what we were doing in the first place. Yeah, they were like, you are riding so, your bikes, like, on like, flat ground? Like, what, kind of, <laughs> what kind of bikes were you riding again? Like, like do you have brakes? Like, wh- where was his helmet? Like, and, like, like, they have to, like, run through all these, like, stupid questions before they can get to, like, yo, help my boy. And like, finally, they like, they're like, what was he riding? What was he doing? And I was like, that doesn't matter. Like, his chest is broken, dude. And like, finally, they like went to lift him. <laughs> he and done they, broke his when chest. When they lifted him, they tried to pull him from his arms. Oh. And like, I'll, like, I'll never forget. Like, that was like, he was like, no, 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 no. Like, th- that was like, because like, I knew like the pain that like, I could like see the pain that was on that. And like, they realized quickly that they like had to get him on a stretcher. Like, they couldn't get him up. Was that your worst injury ever? That wasn't the worst pain. It was freakiness. Like I said, of like... Scary. A, a stationary thing in your body that moves now. is right. just... It's weird. Like, it, it was like the weirdest thing. All right. I just want to mention that I feel like Lawhead has done more rails than he's filmed. And he's the only person I know who's done more... Yo, that's that like, hasn't been documented. You're undocumented, but yet you know me. I own a camera. I love shooting video of everybody. You own a camera. You shoot video of everybody, but yet there is no lawhead video part anywhere. Yeah, that that's like one thing I never understood, and that, it, one thing that like it kind of did to me was it pushed me away from like shooting video growing up because I thought pictures were so sick. Like I'll never forget like hanging like. Because Matt always, like, instilled in me, like, like hanging pictures up was, like, yeah. so tight. That was, it's like, you could frame so. that and put it on your wall, and that was yeah, what always and appealed and then, like, to me. Like, no one, another thing is, like, the general public doesn't need to see the clip. Because a lot of times they're, like, not even, like, stoked on, like, the clip. But it's, like, the image is so sick to someone. Like, that's, like, so... Like, how to get there kind yeah. of thing. Yeah. yeah, like, right now I'm looking at, like, Wiz doing a table from Jersey Bear to Jersey Bear on f- your wall. And it's, like, so yes. that, that clip goes by in the blink of an eye. That yes. clip is, like, a, a second and a half. Exactly. But, you, but Animal made a poster out of it that's on your wall forever. Yeah. And that's what, like, like, yeah, people have DVDs, but... A poster goes on the wall forever. It's like an extreme slow mo, except it never—it's never actually going to move. Yeah, and, yeah. and that was what always appealed to me was that it was like frozen. You could focus on it, and like it's, that tells a story just as much as like a clip does. And yeah. some, like for a person, your brain has more time to process staring at a picture and thinking about what's right. going on than a clip going by. So you shot and, for the photo, kind of. 
Yeah, and a, and you know, like a poster or a picture, I can transport anywhere. You know, like I can pull a picture out of my pocket, or I, like I can have a poster and, and give it to somebody. But like, to me, a DVD or a VHS was always dependent on a machine and electricity and a television and like right. all those factors like made right. it not appeal to me because you had to do all this stuff to wow. see this clip that was going to go by in a second and a half and like your brain probably wasn't even going to appreciate everything. But like, so yeah. my, my real story, like my real, the real reason why I gravitated away from filming clips was like, I'm not even going to name drop, but like the first person I ever really filmed with who had the camera, if you're paying attention to the interview, I mentioned them earlier in the interview. Um, we had filmed for, I want to say, over a year. You know, I don't know if it was two years, I don't know how long it was, but we filmed. And, uh, you know, we had like dozens of clips of me just doing all kinds of stuff. And his computer crashed, and like he was so nonchalant about it, like he didn't care. Like he lost all the footage and just didn't care. And I was like, dude, like you're not apologizing, like you're not upset. Like, I filmed so hard for that for years. Like, we traveled for that. Like, I, I went in for that. Like, I bled, you know, I bled for that. Um, and he just didn't seem to care at all that he lost the footage. So in my eyes, like, like that year's worth of work was just gone in the blink of an eye. Like, his computer crashed, it was gone. So then I, like, really gravitated towards pictures. Because a picture, like, it's more instant gratification, but you have it and it's safer to have like a picture you really might not edit at all yeah you take a picture and you have it and it's good you know a clip you're always going to have to like edit or upload or burn into a dvd and a picture you just have it ha like it has to be processed so much more before it gets released kind which, of which like the crazy part is like that was like such a like like nowadays in 2018 that was such like a like like a that like Ooh, now yeah. that's like so like crazy to think about like that was a worry back in the day. It was like you might lose my clip, you know what I mean? Because like nowadays you can just like, you know, let me go through my iCloud storage real quick. Yeah, you yeah. don't lose stuff nowadays. Yeah, you know, it's on somebody's phone. Back in the day, it was on a min a mini VHS, whatever you call right. it, like a mini DV, and yep, yeah, and you had a mini VHS, and you know, stuff could get lost like very easily. But no, it definitely totally makes sense also, like, to be pushed away from, like, filming when, like, ultimately, like, the end goal is to drop something that you thought was going to be, like, spectacular or, like, you thought you did something, like, very well. Yeah. And then, like, boom, just one day you wake up, it's gone, you know what I mean? Like, a lot of hard work and effort, and that's crazy. Like, so, you know, this is going back eight years or more, and, like, somebody listening to this might say, like, well, if you had the mini DVs or mini VHSs, why didn't you just upload the clips again? And like, I forget what the circumstance was that he didn't still have the mini VHSs. Everything was on his computer and he lost uh. it somehow. Like, I forget what the exact story was, but that's like a good segue into that same person, like why I bought my camera. So, you know, he had a Nikon at the time mm -hmm. and he would take pictures when we were riding and you know, I probably had like MySpace back then. You know, you would get like a sick, uh, sick picture riding, and you would wanna, you would wanna upload it to MySpace. Yeah, and, uh, shout out to MySpace. Yeah, to MySpace. top eight. Um, <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. But anyway, anyway, so, camera on that one. <laughs> so this guy would take pictures when we were riding, and he would take a picture of me like a, like doing a handrail or whatever, 
And I would hit him up like that weekend, like say we rode on uh -huh. Saturday or Sunday, and I'd be like, hey man, can you send me that picture? Like email it to me, send it to me or whatever. He wouldn't send me anything for weeks, if not like a month. And like, I'm a kid, like I'm trying to like flex on MySpace, like I wanna show off what I'm doing. And he wouldn't send me this stuff. So um, my senior year, I graduated, my graduation money, I bought a Nikon, I bought my first Nikon. And then like, I honestly kind of gravitated away from this guy. Cause it was just like, I have my own camera now, like my crew's kind of going in like a different direction. But um, that gave me a lot of independence with like taking pictures and being psyched on that. And I had a lot more control. And uh, cool. I shot long lens, like I shot just long lens for like two years. And uh, I forget what the circumstance was, but I figured out that I could sell my first Nikon to Cody. And Cody bought it from me. Um, and then I had enough money to buy a, my, what do I have? I have a D5100. I bought that and I bought a Sigma fisheye for it. And that was the game changer. Cause then I started shooting everything fish. You know, like I've always shot sequences. And um, to me, like I just took pride in shooting a sequence. And it's kind of like a clip. Sequence like if somebody, yeah. You know, totally. if somebody does like a DP hard out, like I can capture that in a picture. Right. And somebody can like have that and stick it on their wall or like, I just feel like it's so permanent. Like you have that there, that sick picture of a DP hard, you know, or whatever the shot may be. And that's just always been like, what I've been passionate about is shooting pictures. Yeah. And especially sequences. Like I feel like that's what I've loved doing was sequences. Especially when I shot long oh, lens right. before yeah. I had the fish. That, like, like framed like another portion of your riding, which is crazy because like you like, like the only way to make the long lens photo look crazy enough was like find the biggest setup to take the yeah. photo of. Yeah, and my first camera I couldn't film with. Like I can shoot footage now with my new camera, but. And you still don't film clips. What's up with that? Cause I always send it to somebody else. Like I know I'm not gonna sit down and film. And like somebody else probably has a video camera. Like if I'm gonna set up, I'm gonna set up for a picture. Right. So like that, I feel like so many of Shiloh's clips, you see me laying on the ground. Like you see me yep. squatting at the end of a handrail or like laying under a ledge. Yep. And like, I don't know, that's just what I like. So you end up always. taking the photos of Shiloh so instead of you getting a clip, it's basically you taking a photo of Shiloh getting a clip. Yeah, and you know, I I almost no, they're actually not comparable. I take a lot, you know, I take a lot of pride in getting a a picture of myself. Like I'm psyched right. on that. Like I want to get a rail done or I want to get a ledge done, you know, whatever. And I take a ton of pride in that. I take a lot of pride in making somebody else look good. Mm -hmm. So like, if Shiloh's gonna do this rail, and he's gonna like put his body on the line, right. like yeah. not to sound corny, but it's nah, like, like there's a good chance you're gonna get hurt. He's risking I, it for the biscuit. Right. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And, and that, you know, he might only do it one time. And right. I have to set up to make it look as good as possible in one try. Oh my God, and there's so many of those times where like, your trigger finger has to be so goddamn fast to like shoot the oh, photo, you know yeah. what I mean? Yeah, like, I've missed stuff, but I feel like I'm also really good at getting it and right. And that's the thing like, You've been hella decent at like getting stuff pretty right, I feel. It's kind of like a DIY. I think between the both of us, it's it's been a lot of like DIY media. It's like, if you want a photo, 
you're going to take a photo of somebody else and then that person could take a photo of you and then you're like trying to turn like an idea into a piece of reality yeah right and yeah. you know not only that but like the difficulty that like we faced that not many other people I feel faced was like we had the flash for like so long and then like that died the flash died the flash died I need to like, buy another one but like the flash made such a difference when yeah. we had it because now like it's so I, dependent on sunlight and like yeah like if something's cloudy or there's a shadow it's like like I'm I'm not even going to claim like I'm a good photographer like I can I can set up framing and like I can time things well but like I don't necessarily know all the ins and outs and the settings of my camera um I really never got into it because I'm at photography on such a superficial level because when we're out riding, I'm I'm driving, I'm navigating, I'm LFSing, I'm getting us to the right. spots, and I'm riding. So to also be the photographer, like you don't get a chance to get so deep into it where you have some crews that like they have somebody who might just cruise with the crew, but like their primary job is the photographer. Mm-hmm. Like I was juggling everything else and you don't get to get so deep into and something fixing my chain at the same time <laughs> by the way. You, you you were squad mom you were you were doing everything that you're including crushing it that that's one of the that's one of the things you were doing yeah you know and like i want to say this and not come at anybody whatsoever but like i learned at a young age that when we were going riding like if i wanted the people or if i wanted to have people to ride with i had to take care of everything because like I was riding with younger guys that like they were just tagging along like they might not have money for anything like we might be buying we might be buying like McChickens at lunch because mm-hmm. like these guys don't have money to chip in for gas money or like a hotel when we go on a long trip so like I realized that like I had to find the spots I had to ride I had to like handle things financially if I wanted people to ride with and it's like exactly well right. you know people would say like well so and so didn't chip in for anything why'd you take them along and it's like well I don't want to ride by myself yeah. like that's no fun to just go out and ride if it's just me. Like, I'm going to take my buddies along if I yeah. have room and I'm going to spread the wealth out to yeah. accommodate my friends that get me psyched to ride. Shout out to being responsible enough to pay gas money nowadays. Yeah. Like, um, right. Yeah, that was, like, a huge part of, like, <laughs> what Matt, like, did for a lot of people, like, including... Ishan, which is another person we yeah we like haven't even mentioned Ishan. I feel like I'm still in like my <clears throat> old crew of like right. my early twenties and like and you know those like guys. Ishan, I haven't mentioned Cam or Ishan. Right. Yeah, shout well, out to those guys. When did you meet? When so you you met Shiloh right away? You basically abducted Shiloh out of his back ass yard. And by the way, Ishan and I had known each other since we were in like fourth grade at the time. So like we grew up together as well, which was crazy. So you were like, oh, your neighbor? I'm taking him too. Yeah, yeah. So I, you know, I took Shiloh on. He was fourteen, so I was, was I twenty or? No, you were eighteen at the time. Oh, you yeah, were four years apart. So mm-hmm. like, I took Shiloh on when I was like eighteen. He was fourteen. That's when we were doing a ton of stuff. And like, when did we? When did Ishan? Ishan's first trip was Texas Toast. It was the last Damn. Texas Toast. No, it was, it was Pittsburgh. Oh, oh it was, we did Pittsburgh and Ohio. That's yeah. what it was. Um, Pittsburgh, Lake Erie. I forgot about that. that. Um, that was his first trip. And then he came to Texas with us. Yeah. But I feel like even then, like, I was still getting to know him. Like, even, like, he did Ohio and Pittsburgh with us, and he just kind of, like, tagged along and was quiet. And then even, like, Texas, that's when he started to, like, come out of his shell. And that was when I started to, like, be like, okay, he's going to be 
a part of the crew, and like that was right. when I started to see like okay, Ishan's coming along. Right, Ishan's got something going on, and that was like, that was crazy because like, okay, so Ishan growing up like wasn't allowed to go anywhere. Like my mom. Like for some reason, trusted Matt for whatever like, for reason. Whatever. Like, <laughs> you know, oh, you can just take my fourteen-year-old kid across the state. Kentucky. Yeah, across, yeah. You know, straight and, abducted. Like, yeah, it's okay. That's cool. And like, Slade helped though. Right. Because Slade was older. My older brother. Like, shout out Slade because like he was the reason I was able to go. Um, he would like hang out with Matt, and like because of him, I was able to go because like she trusted that he would take care of me and all this stuff. Mm-hmm. But like, Matt ultimately like ended up like doing a lot of the. You know, everything we needed, like even like when Slade was around, it was like nine out of ten times like Matt was taking care of like, like everybody in the van, all everyone got their shit. You know yeah. What I mean? Like and it was still that yeah. that way, but uh, what was tight was like that like. Oh man, I lost the train of thought. Here it's we go. total total tangent. Like side note, like it's funny that like I look at what my career is now, like operations. Like I manage like a flooring company now, and it's like. I feel like riding groomed me for that to like manage so many different things and like all this stuff going on. It's like now I can manage a business because of what I did when I was younger. Right? Hell yeah, Dude, prestige. Heavy wow. manage or heavy managerial experience. <laughs> yeah, yeah, if you can manage like five 16 year old BMX riders and like get to places and like make sure everybody rides, like you can do anything. <laughs> yeah. and, like, Finally, by I think it was like I think age like seventeen, Ishan was allowed to like come out and ride with us, which was crazy. I remember talking to his mom on the phone and like telling her the details about I think it was Texas. Right. For some reason. Yeah. No, it was definitely. It was no, easy. It was Pittsburgh. It was Pittsburgh because that was his first trip, and like uh, I remember that being a big deal because she called my mom too. It was uh, like maybe that's what it was. I can trust. Mm. Yeah, but I remember like, talking huh. to her on the phone and like telling her what the plan was. I was like, you know, we're staying at Shiloh's grandfather's house. Right. Like it was great. Oh yeah, because you guys had to con- basement. Yeah. yeah, you guys had to connect. That was real sick. Yeah, that was insane. Um, yeah. But uh, yeah. So like he shaped. So like in a sense, like what our crew is now was shaped by like what, I mean in a sense like what Matt forced to <laughs> yeah, make happen yeah. but like it was, yeah. it was crazy because like it like also shaped his riding and like a lot of stuff that's going on like today and like if it wasn't for like Matt like taking us along just like and it wasn't even like without question it was just like you guys are coming you know yeah what I mean? get in the like, van like I'll just show up at your house and it's like we're going like yeah. it's yeah, Sunday it was, Saturday whatever day of the no, week no like, dude it was it, it was midweek on a school day at 9 a.m. and Matt's calling the school playing my dad. Oh, I'll have a dad oh, by the way. So, oh my dude. God! So, what? Dude, that was, was awesome, dude. That was BMX, man. That was crazy. When I was in college, I would like bail on class, or like I would figure out like what classes I didn't have to go to, and when I could ride as much as possible, and I would figure out like okay, I don't have class this day, or like I already turned that paper in, and I'd and Shiloh pretty much essentially it was like Shiloh's the one I'm gonna take riding today, and I would call the school and pretend to be his dad and be like Shiloh sick today oh my god and then god. i'd go pick him up from school and we'd go ride all day yeah super damn hard. that's friends looking out for friends Dude, right there like, right. i'll never forget it i was like walking off school campus one time and like the school police officer like pulled me over like well like pulled over to me <laughs> what the and like, i'm walking off campus to go meet up with matt to go ride and i was like smoking a cig on campus and i'm like underage of course matt, matt probably bought me these cigarettes <laughs> like, oh my god and like 
And he was like, he was like, look, man, where are you going? I was like, I'm sick. <laughs> he was like, he was like, he was like, okay, so, so you know you're not supposed to be smoking on school grounds, right? And I was like, yeah. He was like, all right, well, let me get a cig, and we won't tell nobody. I'm like, all right, man, bet. No way. He was like shredding spots, and like he would take me home, like, like after school, quote unquote, and like, that was it, man. And it was like, I got to like, when I was like. 13 years old, I knew how to get to KOP, you know what I mean? Like, I knew how to get to Norris. Because you were with him. Yeah. Right, I, and like, yo, like, real rap, that was like a segue into like me knowing how to like, like navigate myself, which was crazy, because like Matt was like a good navigator, and like, in turn, it was like, yo, It Shiloh, rubs off on you. Yo, Shiloh, show me where this is at, get me to here. Yeah. And stuff like that, and like. Because we would have like an idea of something, like we, we'd be like in some random state, in some random, uh, city and i would be like shallow like i think this is at this school right and i'd make him jump on his phone and start looking and we would be like oh yeah it's at this school or it's at this intersection mm -hmm. refer to um, as freestyling yeah yeah so when you're when you're driving and you're just making it up as you go along it's kind of like lfsing but it's like freestyling like you're just the gps freestyle dude yeah <laughs> yeah like you're looking at the roads and you have a good idea but you know, like, I'm sure other riders have talked about it, but, like, when you spot collect and you LFS for so long, you develop, like, a spidey sense of, like, right. you know a spot is going to be behind the school when you're in front of the school. Right. And it's, like... You can feel the rail. You can like, feel the rail sense. Like, even, even, like, behind stores... Something like, cutty is coming. Like, <laughs> like, like, I can look at the way <laughs> buildings build or, like, the way a handrail is in the front of the school and be, like, there's something behind there. <laughs> or, like, yeah, know you're going to get up to a spot and it's just something you can, like, sense when you it's, have been doing yeah. it so long. Right, dude. And, like, every BMX rider touches on it, but it's, like, also the way we look at spots, obviously. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, the way you look at stuff is, like, ultimately different because we ride BMX. Dude, that's so that's totally on my outline that I wrote up that, like, I know I'm going to be, like, a 50-year-old dad in, in wherever spots, I live, like man. if I live like you know however far away, yeah, you like see that tree ride, bro. I'm gonna, <laughs> I'm gonna pull up to my kid's school at like parent teacher night and like look at a ledge. <laughs> yeah. and I'm gonna be like 55 years old and be like that ledge, like out of people. You know what I mean? Like yeah. even if I'm done riding, yeah. I'm still gonna I'm gonna LFS forever. Like I'm always. Yeah, gonna have I feel like you can't help it. It's you funny. can't turn it off. It's yeah, yeah you really can't. Today in Exton, we were going to Bed Bath and Beyond. And like, <laughs> There's a spot that not like, me and Shallow, Shallow and his girlfriend. Yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> I was like, I was about to say, man. <laughs> me and my girlfriend Allie, and uh, yeah. yeah, no, me and Matt like hold hands. Yeah. Bad mm -hmm. Um, but anyway, and it's a spot that I used to ride as a kid, like freezing cold, man, like in Main Street, <clears> and like they added like this new like ledge setup at there. that little bell tower thing. Right, yeah. Dude. And like. Like, I got out of the car at the intersection. I was like, babe, I'll meet you over at Bed Bath Me. I walked up to the spot. I'm like, check it out. I'm like, yo, this, like, this could have this done here. This could have this done here. And, like, real rap, like, that was, like, all, like, in turn. Like, when I first learned BMX, I, like, I didn't know that BMX was, like, like such a thing. You know what I mean? Like, it wasn't such a, like, a, like an in-your-face thing. Like, like I said, you would, you would hurt a part, you'd throw it out. You know what I mean? And now it's like you see a spot, you walk up to it, and you like feel it. You're like, this, this could, you could do this here. Like, yeah, you start investigating. You start Dude, investigating no matter where you're going. Yeah. I see stuff in TV shows. Breaking Bad, they were in like Albuquerque, New Mexico, right? Yeah. There was a, a white bank. It was like a white cobblestone bank to a white wall. And it was like, I saw it in Breaking Bad with. 
black tire rides on the wall. No fucking way. That's like, hilarious. You see something like, and like I've seen people ride there, you know, and it's right. like I saw that in a TV show, <clears throat> and you know you right. see it everywhere. You can't, it's so you crazy. can't turn it off. You know, like my girlfriend and I will go hiking, and we'll be somewhere with like rocks maybe in like a tranny shape and I'll be looking around like okay can I ride across the ground to like right. hit this trannied rock back in these woods dude, like, right, just dude. To... isn't there something about the hunt that makes it so fun though is like like for me like for spots dude it's just such a good time if, if it, yeah like so like back in the day when we were younger like when I was still in college like if we couldn't ride on a day if it rained dude. we would go LFS yeah, and we dude. would just LFS all day look for spots and then like plan to come back when the rain stops. Dude, even when I was like, um, I remember like specifically like one time I was like, I think I was, oh dude, it was when I first got my vehicle. I drove. You had the green yeah, the golf, green golf. And when we went to Jennersville, we found that rail behind yeah, the we hospital. Found a crazy rail behind the hospital. Yeah. Um, dude, and like it was pouring down rain, like nothing was going on, and like we're just like, yo, dude, like, what's good? Let's just like look for spots all day long and like that was what we did whenever it rained we'd look for spots whenever it was sunny we'd go to those spots like that was like that was just like a and like obviously i got to drink beers like <laughs> as well so like, super tight <laughs> shout out ride party repeat <laughs> uh, you know what i'm saying like that was, that was such a big portion right of, like i guess like what it is today and like that was so tight because like we just look for spots go to the spots and like you get to see so much, so much more. You just of like the see world. the area where you right. live and like the states around you, and you branch out, and it's like you learn how to like drive on highways or like drive in the hood or yeah. Like, you just you see, you know you go to the beach. Like we just we learned so like we did a got a little side tangent. So it's like you know just like funny story. Like we grew up going to like the Jersey Shore. So, you, you know, you went in high school, you'd go in the summertime, you go to the Jersey Shore. So we did a riding trip, and what, we went to Massachusetts? Yeah. And we were at a skate park by the beach, and we went and rode the skate park, and I think it was on the way home. It was like you, me, Kevin, this is, I think, were you there? Maybe not, maybe not, maybe not, okay, sorry. Was this the 48 hours? No, it wasn't okay. that trip. Okay. But um, we're, like, at the beach, and uh, it's summertime, so we, like, there's nobody on the beach. So we, like, run out. We're, like, playing in the water, like, jumping around, like, spitting water out of our mouths. And we have the beach to ourselves, and we're, like, this is sick. So we're walking back in, and somebody's, like, taking their jet ski out or, like, sailboat or something. And they're, like, were you guys swimming? And we're, like, yeah, we were having a blast. And the guy was, like, you know, like, the city sewage comes out right here. And we were, like... What you know, like you just you learn oh. stuff like that. Like I would never know. Like, right, sewage goes into the ocean. Like, yeah, like that <laughs> sucks, dude. Do you and, feel like, like if you were like a normal person, and like you just went about your life and just like was like I was just a law-abiding citizen, just didn't do anything like illegal, like damaging other people's right, property right. by riding BMX? Do you think that like? you would be nearly as adventurous, you know what I mean? Like, no, you expanded your world because of BMX. Like, Dude, like, I check behind every building, you know what I mean? Like, I walk behind every school, you know what I mean? Like, you you look at, like, every rail, like, whenever you see a rail, because, like, like, one thing I noticed when, like, we're driving in the car, like, even when, because I'm, I'm driving nine out of ten times with me and my girlfriend, mm -hmm. um, I'll be like, yo, you see that over there? And she's like, what? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I point shit out to the yeah, game dude, all the like, time. Like, for, for instance, yeah. there's this like, crazy, like, 
Um, there's like these wire wheels that are all different colors that are like bright green, bright pink, all this stuff on the way to my mom's house. And like she never seen it. We we go with we go to my mom's house pretty often and like I'm like, yo, have you seen it yet? And she's like, What? And I'm like, There it is and she's like, Oh. Like and you just constantly look, you know what I mean? You constantly have your eye out for like yeah. spots. Like you're on the highway, you're not even pulling off, you're not gonna pull off. But like there's so many times where I'll like take a picture of like the spot of the highway I'm on. Oh yeah, like and then you know back. to go back on the map and look because it saved your spot. I do the same thing. Right. I have a spot from Colorado at a Sonic. <laughs> oh yeah, that green rail. Yeah, yep, dude. I kept it. It's this low green rail, dude. Fire filling any double tire, anything you want to do on it is fucking wonderful. But like, it's funny because like that's the thing. Like, I'm out on a family vacation and like. They're like, yo, what are you doing? And I'm like, I got my phone out. I'm taking a picture of a handrail. You know? Like, I got a log. And people are like, what are you doing? There's huge mountains in the background. I'm taking pictures of the handrail. Like, <laughs> hey, you know what I mean? Exactly. People are like, what are you doing? You say, I'm a cartographer. Yeah. Yeah, dude. That shit was, that shit's funny, man. Call me Tomb Raider. Yeah, I'd just be taking pictures of the handrails and stuff. We got like a little sidetracked, but I think about like, like somebody said, like, if you weren't riding or like, how would you look at things? And I think about like, if my middle school never got redistricted, like, would I have rode? And like, how monumental that was in my whole life and how much that affected by just going to a different middle school. Like, I may have never right. gotten into BMX if it wasn't for that. Or maybe you would have got into it just a different way. I don't I don't know, you know, you, you think about like, how much BMX touches every part of your life for so you know for so long if you're really into it yeah it that that's really crazy to me because it, it's like once you're into it so long it it almost gets kind of fucking crazy because you're like holy fuck i'm still riding yeah like yeah. you're kind of like holy shit because right. like lawhead was okay I, I i i became friends with the kids to the next town over me they were in Myerstown. they were fucking they were like these Amish, they, they they weren't Amish, but they were like the Myerstown kids were, were like more hardy because they all grew up on fucking like farms and shit, like like they were tougher kids, you know, like than right. than like Lebanon. Lebanon's just kind of just, I I'll, I'll, I'll refuse to talk shit on Lebanon. I'll just kind of leave it at that. But Shout like, out McLovin. <laughs> no 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 no. He he know he knows Lebanon kind of is crappy too, but um. What are you talking about? It's the fucking Bar Barcelona, Pennsylvania. Right? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm like that. Don't tell no one, Lawhead. <laughs> yeah, we can't have people blowing up the spot. Barcelona, Pennsylvania. That's hilarious. We could shoot an entire edit. We shoot a whole video. If Simone went there, the we fucking... Would, we would print it on a plastic DVD and not sell it for any money and then have to release it on Vimeo for free <laughs> and have all these plastic copies that we didn't release. Yeah. Shout out Vimeo for being dead now. Yeah, Vimeo's dead. But um, what the fuck were we just talking about? How did we get you off track? You meet kids in Myerstown. Okay, so like I I knew the I knew the kids to the next town over me. Lawhead was the first kid I, I met from the next town over from the next town. You know what I mean? Like, right. like you know what I mean? Like the first person right. not connected to you. Dude, and that was the thing. Like rem I remember like, so check it out. When I met you, was actually at two by four. Originally. Yeah. Um, I was like, who's like, this freebie lesson kid with a neon beanie? <laughs> right, yeah, right. <laughs> Shout out neon. <laughs> neon neff beanies. Um, Tangerine uh, tiger over here. Dude, that was the thing. Like, Then, like, you always thought BMX riders were, like, like, like different than yours, but it's like. No, they're just motivated. They're that's all it is. Yeah. Exactly. They're just so into riding. Like, BMX, yeah. And that's the thing. Like, BMX will, like, do that. Yeah. It'll, like, take over every aspect for real. Like. 
But it's like a healthy thing. Yeah, it is super tight. I mean, I mean, my my biggest fear is to be permanently maimed, but <laughs> I feel like BMX is awesome. Right. You know, like. Like the the risk involved, like yeah, yeah. None of us are necessarily Nathan Williams, but at the same time, doing something that you're so that doing anything that you're so scared of and conquering it, no matter how big or small it is. But if you're terrified over it and you conquer it, that is that is something to chew on, you know. And that's I think that goes that goes a long way. Child for making that happen. Yeah, so, dude. Nine out of ten times, because I would never do it. I would have never done a handrail. So for yeah. me, it wasn't like conquering a fear or like anything like that, because like I always, I know what I can do. Mm -hmm. Like I know what my body can do, and like I might think I can do it, or I might have a feeling, and like I'll just get hurt. Like you know what I mean? It's not like like I'll find out, and it's like at this stage in the game, like I know exactly what I can do. I know what I think I can do, and. uh for me, it was just doing something that nobody else had ever done before. Like, like putting your own mark on the spot. Yeah, like I'd rather be in some Pennsylvania town in some <laughs> school. And like, I'd rather like, I don't know, you know, smith some like down ledge down like a six set that I just waxed, never been touched before. I get almost more satisfaction out of that than doing something big on a spot in like the middle of Philly that everybody's been on. Mm -hmm. Right. And it's, I also like like the aesthetics of like being in the middle of nowhere or like being on an untouched spot. Like if you ride a spot and the whole like side of the ledge isn't all black, yeah. or like the paint's yeah. not all worn off the rail, you know, or, or whatever. It like, doesn't look all hard out. Yeah, like that's just <laughs> right. as satisfying. Yeah. And like, you know, somebody that's in the game for long enough, like you recognize spots. Like I know if I've seen a spot Yo. before, like I oh, know yeah, if it's absolutely. been in a video. And like when I see spots that I've never seen before, like I appreciate that more than something being done hard on a commonly ridden spot. Now, uh, when you like when you go to a spot that's like super untouched, and you're like, "Wow, this is like some crazy spot that like like somebody's gonna do something on it." Right. Like, what do you immediately think? Like, do you think first like who, like you want to do it? Like when you so I think about spot. so if we roll up to a spot in the middle of nowhere that nobody's ever touched, they're touched. I think about like what I want to do, what the guys in my crew that day can do, and then like nobody's ever gonna be there again. You know, it's like it's like let's let's make the best of it. You know, if it's something on like a right side ledge or right side rail, like I'm gonna push everybody to be like you know, do this, do that, like, we're never going to be back here. And then, like, I think about what I want to do, and uh, I think, like, I've just developed an eye for, like, things that are unique to my riding style. And then, like, Shiloh and Ishan and whoever, like, I've ridden with them for so long, I know their riding style. So, like, I know what I can point out for them that has the highest likelihood of getting done, them making it look good, it making them look good, and like coming away with, you know, super ideal, mm. yeah, media, whether it's like footage or a clip or whatever. And like the whole, and it sounds like the whole point of, of taking the photo is kind of like just hold, being able to hold on to the moment a little bit longer. Right, dude. Yeah. I mean, like people, people get up in arms about like anybody p like recording everything or, or posting stuff. And it's like, you know, the, the reality of things is like, 
if anything, all you're trying to do is claw out the walls and, and like slow things down and like, you know what I mean? By posting stuff, you're like, you're trying to hold on to all your memories exactly. by taking all these no, photos. Yeah, yeah, like my brain physical memory like is good at some things, but it's not perfect. And like a phone allows you to have like the perfect memory. Right. Kind of, so, yeah, right? I take pictures of spots. I take pictures, you know, of people doing stuff. And like I take pictures of, you know, all of us riding. And that allows me to remember, like, I can look at a spot, you know, look at a picture, look at a spot, know what we were doing that day, who I was with, like, what time of the year it was, and, like, all that's captured in something that I can stare at for as long as I want. Yeah. You know, it comes back to the clips where, like, a clip goes by so fast. You know, a clip's gone by, and then your brain has to refocus to a new area, a new month, a new year, a new city, you know, whatever. And I feel like your brain doesn't necessarily... Like, it just goes by so quick. It's yeah. just, like, here and gone, and I don't know. Like, you appreciate an edit. You appreciate, like, the amount of time and effort that somebody put into that, but, like, you may not appreciate a clip as much as you appreciate an edit. And I think a picture allows you to appreciate that picture just that then in that moment. Yeah. And it's, like, it's almost like, if anything, the clip is the icing on the cake because then you just get to see, in my opinion, it's like you get to see how they landed it because you got to see how they looked in the middle of the air or in the middle of the ground. Yeah, right. You got to see how, you got to see them look at the juiciest, but then when you see the clip, you get to see how they landed yeah, out yeah. of it, you know? Because mm -hmm. like sometimes, yeah, because like if somebody's doing like a real steezy like invert off of like a little like baby curb, but they like party arm out of it, you're like, what the fuck was that? Yeah. Like they just seizured and just flipped the bike upside down. But like, if somebody stomps it, you know, you're like, that just makes that picture that much right. snappy and poppy, you know. Shout like, out to never using a photo that wasn't landed. That's never yeah. been Oh, we've never, yeah, yeah I don't, luck, we've never like, done that. Like, I've actually shot awesome pictures, had people not land stuff, and, like, had to not use it. Like, right. that just sucks to, yeah. like, right. have this sick picture. Like, that goes back to the clip versus the photo. It's like, there's so many good, like, just that moment of, like, like that oh shit moment where you're like... Oh, yeah, out. like, I've, I've got stuff of Ishan doing that back crook where he's in a bail, and it's like, that's awesome, like, Instagram content, right? you know, like, it's crazy looking at him, like, seeing his bike and him, like, blowing off backwards. Oh, man. him, like, all sprawled out, and that is almost as engaging as a viewer as him landing it. Because right. you're like, oh yeah. my God, like look at him like right. sprawled out, like flying yeah. through the air. Like yeah. that grabs your attention almost more than him landing. It's the almost trip. like the thumbnail. Yeah. The, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, exactly. I would argue that like, and that, I think that goes back to like taste in general for people on social media. Like, like I think social media turns everybody into like, like a Mexican standoff where like everybody wants to post it, the heaviest shit and pretend it's warm-ups. You know what I mean? Like, it always comes back down to that. Like, people always want to try and pseudo-flex, you know? So, I, I think you have people that front and they pretend like it's not, but they were trying really hard. And then I think you have that Northeast, East Coast mindset where you, like, kind of hate on yourself. Right. And yeah. you're, you're trying to downplay it in a not bragging way because you want to talk shit on yourself. Yeah, because you don't want to seem like too big-headed. It's like yeah. a Northeast thing. You're like yeah. afraid of looking big-headed, so yeah. you try and talk shit on your shit. Yeah. We all do that. We're like, oh, I suck, or oh, this wasn't clean, and that's just people in the Northeast that are like... You're fucking garbage. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. You just, you, I don't know. Yeah, dude. You gonna take that? Shit. 
that's the, just like that's just so true because like there's so many times where like you'd be at the top of a spot and I'm like sitting down at the bottom and it's just like you know the mental battles going on so you're trying to get them through it you're just like yo man like you know you can do it like solid hop good pedal like you always give them like the the coach the, you know the, the tech support yeah, exactly and like like that one good hop, man. Just one good hop. Yeah, you gotta commit. You gotta like suck your back end up. Like yeah, I've said that dude. so many times. And like there's grass on one side. Right. Like, you, like got, you got the pep talk going. Yeah. I'm like, dude, like, that's the shit. You ever read the Stevie Churchill interview? He likes I don't it. Know. Oh, when people like yell at him or tell him he sucks. Like, yeah. I've heard of other people being yeah. like that. What the funny part about you guys being supportive is like. The, the, the advice that you give, it's like, if you actually apply it, it'll actually work. the whole work. time you're yeah. screaming at yourself, Yo, like, you yeah. fucking suck, like, you piece yeah. of shit, like, keep your feet on the fucking pedals, <laughs> like, dude, you're just so mad at, like, any other circumstance, and, like, the pep talk just, like, nine out of ten times is blown off by, like, I fucking hate myself, like, <laughs> I've, I've gotten amped from, like, somebody else doing something, or, like, showing me up, like, the <laughs> best example is Buck doing that purple rail. That oh lock, lock raven Dude. rail. So I had been to this rail like three times over like several years and like I had landed it a couple times but like never been happy with the picture or like whatever. Meanwhile, it's like a 28 stair handrail. Yeah, it's the one that Justin iced in like that recent, I don't know if it was Merit or United, whatever it's it long. was. That long, long one, yeah, it's purple. purple. Buck double pegged it. So Buck double pegged it like third try Whoa. and like i was so mad because okay. i i had been there like three times you know like i said like three Back times to this we had gone there like to baltimore me cesario and lawhead and we found this rail and when we found it it was like, like that was like one of the biggest rails i'd ever Matt seen had the eye of the tiger he was yeah like, I'm doing oh it. that one that purple i thought it was blue for some reason and maybe it, it used to be blue no it was always purple okay it was always purple it just looked blue in pictures i swear mm. um but nonetheless uh, so he, I mean, he starts firing this thing, and it took, like, I want to say, like, 23 tries. Oh, yeah, it was, it was like, getting worked. I'm getting, getting worked, like, belly flop into cement type shit, and, like, finally he rode away from this rail, and it, it was just like, like, you want, you came out of war, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, just like, dude, everyone's hype, like, fuck. They so just got down it on two pegs. So next yeah. Thing you know, next thing you know, like, fast forward, like, a couple years dude like three or four years because yeah. we went the very first time i had a two by four shirt on right we went back that one summer that dude we had like devin and germ and uh slade and right. kp with right. us and uh i i died you know i had like a tank top and little shorts on and like i was you know i just died and then we went back after that like a year or two later and uh we were just kind of like passing through with like a newer crew like younger guys buck did it like third try and like i knew i'd been there like three times like i had died i'd put so much like time into trying to get it done that i was like i'm gonna do it oppo and like i was just so fired up i was so mad that buck did it third try and uh, <laughs> i did it opposite like second try you yep. know second or third try no, second try yeah and uh you know stuff like that just gets me amped where it's like okay somebody showed me up so well like not yeah. in every case but it was like that was a good example of me being so amped to get something done. As long as you're being, in, as long as you are open enough to be inspired by people maybe younger than you, yep, you yeah. will be inspired for everything forever. You know. Yeah, a big thing for me was passing the torch from myself to Shiloh. Like that was a big thing where, like, 
for so many years I had done the biggest stuff or like I was going to do this or I was going to do that. And then it got to the point where it was like, okay, you know, Shiloh's essentially surpassing me. And there were times <laughs> yeah. where like I'd have to recognize like, okay, Shiloh's going to do this. Like maybe I was going to do this back in the day, but like I'm not trying to get hurt now or like I, you know, whatever my excuse was, you know, I'm <laughs> older. And that was like an interesting wake up call. Um, the Garrett Burns interview that you had us listen to, that you know, the BMX in our blood, yeah. that was that really resonated with me because it's like you do something and it's your whole life and you're like, you know, you're at this like prime level and you're doing, you know, so much with it and then like it starts to not be there anymore, mm -hmm. and that is weird you know it's weird like you know there's so many other hobbies where your skill is cumulative over like a lifetime like say i don't know you're an artist you know say you paint like you never get worse at painting yeah you know or say like i don't know like say you hunt like you're always going to be able to do that like you're always going to be able to go out and hunt and do that at your level but bmx like you lose it Right, yeah. And, you know, people lose it at, like, different ages, but it's, like, it's a weird thing when you aren't riding. Like, I feel like my personal level, I'm at a more, a higher tech level than I had been years ago, but, like, I'm not doing the bigger stuff. Like, mm -hmm. I'm not willing to get broke off like I used to, or, like, I'm more, like, I have more wisdom in when to walk away. Yeah. Like, I didn't have that when I was younger. Like, I would just do, like, the biggest thing, or I would get broke off and then be hurt and now that like risk versus reward isn't the same for me as it used to be yeah like one of the biggest things when i turned 26 i wasn't on my parents health insurance anymore and um the employer i was at like i worked at a bank and luckily like i had my own health insurance but i like i mentioned earlier i broke my sternum and like it was really expensive you know like it was a it was a couple grand and i didn't even have like a procedure like I didn't receive stitches I didn't get a cast I didn't have any kind of like invasive procedure the most invasive thing I had was like intravenous like pain meds that's it that's it and then I had imaging you know I had like an MRI CAT scan x-rays but I really yeah. only had somebody put like a needle in my vein for painkillers and other than that like I you know I had the ambulance was super expensive that was almost a grand to go from like was it Allentown or Bethlehem Bethlehem. Bethlehem to like the closest hospital, you know, mm. it probably wasn't more than 10 minutes. Yeah. And I spent a thousand bucks and it was like, that hit me in the pocket so hard that like that almost stuck with me more than the injury did. Like not only did I not want to get hurt, like my sternum breaking was the worst injury that I've had because it, it takes out your whole body. Like every movement you make is contingent on your sternum. Like you know, right. you move your arms, you sit up, everything moves, and that really was awful. Like I, I, I didn't, I couldn't sneeze or cough for like a month. Wow. Because of like how much pain I had in my sternum. So like that coupled with the financial loss of it, it was mm. like that really made me reevaluate my riding style and like what was valuable in what I was doing on my bike, like. I don't know. You know kind of woke you up. 
a little yeah, bit. Yeah, it was a wake up in a lot of ways, and that right. was probably one of the biggest. Like I used to say, like when I broke my knees and my or my knee and my nose, that like changed things for me. Yeah. But, um, the sternum was totally different, so, having to pay for it myself. With all that being said, you know what I mean? Like, you did get flow for two by four. The question is like, what do you ultimately do it for? Like That's what? you know, like me personally, I I do it to like do something that no one else has ever done. In most cases, like I want to go do something that no one else has ever ridden or no one else has ever done that trick, and that's like the biggest satisfaction for me. Um, even just finding spots, like I just I could find like a brick bank somewhere in the middle of nowhere, and all I have to do is go up it and hop and come back down, and it's like okay. Nobody's ever gonna ride that again, you know. Right. Like, like I just get satisfaction from that, like the hunt, and like yeah. looking for stuff. And I don't have to film the craziest thing or shoot the craziest picture. I just, it's rewarding to me to do something that no one's ever gonna repeat. You know, nobody yeah. else is gonna do that. Yeah. Um, you know, and I think in a lot of ways, BMX like doesn't have to be like a double tail whip or a backflip. You know, or like like some crazy ice pick like you can just do something that no one else is ever going to do like there's a good chance where you are it's not going to be done again mm. regardless of like what kind of rider you are or what kind of level you're at like you're going to do something no one else is ever going to do yeah that's kind of the fun part mm -hmm. right it's a good an explorative kind of thing and that's like another like like why you are so good at like the like geographically remembering like all the spots you know what i mean like why you are so good at like you know i mean like another thing that like wasn't really touched on is that you're like you're like big on outdoors stuff that is yeah. bmx as well which is crazy um like you did that yeah we're getting the there. united states that like you know you didn't even ride much BMX. Like you didn't even yeah. ride as much mm -hmm. as you would like like to, but I'm sure you still documented spots as well. Oh yeah, like which is I'll like, you know, mm -hmm. like I did like I went to Iceland like two years ago and I was taking pictures of spots. And right, like right. you know, I would post on Instagram like hashtag like you'll never ride this. You know what I mean? It's, <laughs> it's like you find a cobblestone tranny in a little island in the middle of the ocean that's covered in snow most of the you know what I mean? Like right. In their capital. And it's like, I don't know, that's just always going to be fun to me. Um, like, I don't care if nobody else appreciates like, it. Right, that's where, like, the 50-year-old, and that's, like, what I remember the yeah being, or, like, always, like, thinking about that, like, growing up. It's like, when you're old, like, the companies that you, like, talked about, the companies that you enjoyed, like, the people, like, the stuff that went on, like, even at age 50, 60, like, when you're rolling around in your wheelchair, rolling up to a ledge, you're just like... Like, remember when I was, like, the good old days, you know what I mean? Like, that shit's, like, it's still going to be super tight, even though, like, the like the rest of the world doesn't feel you. Yeah, like, people outside of BMX don't get it. And, like, you might do something that, like, somebody views that's outside of BMX, and, like, they don't think it's impressive, but they're not even thinking about, like, if you stuck them on a BMX bike, like, you can't even bunny hop. Right. Like, yeah. they can't even. So it's, like, it's so far out of their grasp that like the average person just doesn't even know what's going on. So, so it's kind of like who cares if they get it because they can't appreciate it unless they do it. Right. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Right. That's interesting. BMX is traveling because you always want to find those new things. Right, like, because like, you can't ride the same stuff over. Yeah, like there's, there's riders out there that they might be able to go out and ride the same thing every day, but like I never could 
do that. Like for me, it was about finding new yeah, spots. And, and I think that like went into like just traveling non-BMX wise. Okay, so like an interesting way to look at how like your riding overall was framed as well is like, so <clears throat> Matt was like, in my opinion, always known to be like the guy that double double pegs the biggest handrail. Yeah. You know what I mean? The guy that always sent like the biggest, dumbest thing, like <laughs> like the craziest thing. Yeah. And like, what made that hard was like, and like also shaped why he's like looking for spots every like single day, like why like he seeks out like that's oh my that's god so yeah away is because like like okay so if I want to make like the double peg that I'm gonna do or like the feeble that I'm gonna do because it's not like like it's not always like super like technical riding but it's always like a huge feeble or a huge double peg like you gotta seek out that spot to do that on for you you to be like the first one to double peg that rail you know mm -hmm. like because essentially like then you, you again bring it back to like how blown out spots can get like when you see like a rider doing like you know an ice hard on a ledge that's been like completely blown out someone else is like smith nose barred it you know that's all fine and well but when you see him double peg it you know 20 stair that you've never ever seen yeah bumblefuck nowhere that's like that had to be like he had to seek that out he had to go looking for that and like Nine out of ten times, he probably found it in like a movie that he was watching, and he seen like an address in the yeah. background. Yeah, yeah, on a billboard. Like, yeah, going, yeah, that shit. Like that's like spot aggressor. And the thing spot aggressor that, fishing. Yeah. And that like that like pushed into like, all right, we're going here. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, that's what it was like. And that's that's that's, that's kind of why I asked you to even be a part of this interview because it's like I knew that if I asked you. And you were down with it, you could, you would actually be here. You would actually show up, and you'd actually want to do it, and we could actually talk about it. Because it's like, who's the most motivated person I know? It's like Lawhead. And the reason why I think this is even important, and I, and I feel like I want to put it out there for other people here, is because we're not sponsored by anybody. Yeah, the average right. person can like relate to what we're saying because yeah. it's like they may have seen us one time, but like we're not on posters, like we're not yeah. on the come we're, up, right. like we're, we're not the. We're just average riders. Yeah. Joe's. Yeah, we're just we're just like anybody else. Um, that's it. Yeah. <laughs> Shout out the yeah though, for real. <laughs> well, you know, that's what I was saying about like even like you don't have to whip the biggest gap or like backflip something or like crook up to like three out of a rail. Like you could just be in some backwoods Pennsylvania town and like if you grind the biggest rail in your town, nobody else is ever gonna come there. Like you yeah. claimed that. Like you took that. You're like, you know, I live in whatever Pennsylvania and I did the rail at my high school, no other rider's ever gonna come there and it's like you're gonna always have that and that's such a big appeal. Like, yeah, I think it's a nice little accomplishment. Like you kind of planted your little flag. You know, there's even been times where like I've found spots, you know, new or old, whatever, and then like had people hit me up and then seen those spots like in edits or in videos mm -hmm. and it's like, oh yeah, you know, like I told you guys where that spot was and it's like, that's satisfying like i'm always down to like trade spots or hold on i will i will tell anybody any spot like if they've been good to me or like not done me wrong like i'll tell anybody anything and it's like i have no shame in that like you hear people saying like oh what if spot. what if you like somebody else might go there and do what i want to do or like blow it up or whatever it's like well if you didn't go there and do what you want to do what the f what are you waiting for yeah it's on you like, if you didn't do what you like, wanted you to do suck yet. if you didn't go there and do it when you found it yeah like that's your fault for walking away from it so it's like if i found the spot and i didn't do what i wanted to do like 
that's on me. Like I walked away from it. I'll still tell now you where that. Yeah, yeah, now it's anyone's. Like I'll gladly share spots. Right. Um, like I've had. Just not on Instagram comments. You know what I mean? <laughs> like Shout it's, out Shiloh for doing that. Because like that's that, that's what I suck. Uh, what just real quick, what I hate about the yeah Instagram is like sometimes I feel like there's people that follow it just so they can try and and leech the spots. And it's like, I'll gladly tell somebody something if they DM me about it. Yeah. But like, I'm not going to be like, oh, you mean this this um, damage to property that I did? Oh, I did it here. Oh, yeah. That's you know what I mean? Point. Like, yeah. Instagram is fucking Facebook. And yeah. Facebook is ops, man. Like, you got to be careful out there. I've had, I've had people like. Never even thought about it. That like, it really is. I've had people not tell me where spots are and like be like you know just i don't even know what word i want to use but like not tell me and like like abrasive i guess you know who i'm talking about and Mm -hmm. it's like they didn't tell me what the spot was and i was like are you really serious like you're really high in this spot and then like an amount of time went by and i posted a spot or like did something and they hit me up and i'm like oh shit (laughs) you want to know where my spot is but like you didn't tell me where your spot was like okay i'll tell you if you want to trade me for that spot spot, but uh I don't know. People are just funny like that sometimes. <laughs> yeah, and like, and you guys know who I'm talking about. Yeah. I told that story before. Yeah. yeah. Um, funny thing uh, that we never touched on that like has like kind of uh, you know grounds in like the whole mat finding spots thing. Our whole DIY spot was founded upon a skate video that Matt seen. Well, was like it wasn't a skate yeah, video. That's so in here, right? Yeah, right there. Our, Boom. Our DIY spot, um, I grew up watching, I hung out with this girl that her older brother skated, and like, I, he skated with a guy that I knew his younger brother, mm-hmm. and then they skated with a guy that like, I hung out with his bandmates that were like in a band, the same band as him, and uh, they posted, I don't know. It was on like it might. It was probably on like MySpace or Facebook, and I saw them riding this ledge, and I was like, "Oh shit! I know where that is. Like it's right in Coatesville." So um, I don't know if it was me and Cesario or me and no, you, but me, you and Slade. Me, yeah, me, Shallow and Slade, and we went to this area and we like saw all this stuff, and I was like, "This is right where we live," and like we've never been here. You know, there's angle iron ledges, there's like steel ledges, there's cement big blocks cement we can build with. Blocks. Mm-hmm. And uh, I was like, we have to build a DIY. And uh, <laughs> big, big, nice cement pads, like, like clean. Yeah, cement big pads. cement pads where like they tore down. Like I don't know, you know, not everybody knows like what Coatesville is, but they have Luke and Steel, and it's like a steel mill. And this was an old part of the mill that they tore the buildings down right. and left the cement foundations and left all kinds of building materials. Like we had bricks, piles of dirt, cinder you know, blocks. cinder blocks. We had everything. And so we'll, we went. Oh, yeah, go ahead. We went there, and the first thing we built was, like, a five-foot quarter to a sub. And yeah. that was what started it. And, like, we, we had no idea what we were doing. Like, I went to Havertown Skate Park, found the quarter that I liked, and we had bought uh, plywood, and I traced the quarter on the plywood. <laughs> and then cut that out at my parents' house, and then we took those cutouts to the Coatesville spot and just set them up. And then we stacked the cinder blocks within like the outline of that like steps. and then like steps yeah and yeah. then we filled in the small part of the cinder blocks with bricks to like train it even more and then we put dirt over top of that or no we put cement cement, over cement 
we took like quickcrete and poured that in and then we put dirt over top of that and then there was like a chain link fence that we cut down the fence and laid that on there like we had no idea what we were doing but i was no. like the chain link fence is going to hold the top layer in place so we laid the chain link fence it on the quarter it still man. works like it's still rideable and then we laid the last layer of quickcrete as like the training part and we had a five foot a five foot quarter to sub for years Right, and, and then, then we, uh, we started putting rails in. Obviously, we put a couple rails in. Um, How did you do that? Did you drill holes in the ground? We <clears> took. <throat> I took a pick. Like so, I when we first went, I took like a drill and a cement bit, and then I took a pickaxe, and we were like, "What's going to make the best hole in the ground, and where do we make it?" And we figured out that a pickaxe could get through the asphalt down into the ground, and uh, you know, it was just us hitting the ground with a pickaxe, making holes. And there was a, uh, like a gate, like a, uh, a gate for a fence that we cut up and made the rail out of that. And, uh, we made the first up rail. It was like a little up rail, like only like four inches different from the bottom and the top. Yep. And then we cut up like a fence to make the second rail. And then that, those were like the two practice yeah. ones. And once we did those, we were like, okay, the third rail the is going to be perfect. Guy. Like the big purple one. And uh, that one we nailed. That's like a, I don't know, 12, 15 foot rail. And I think it's 18 inches high. Yeah. And it's solid. Solid as hell. So now we have the quarter with the sub. We have three rails. And then we have like a steel ledge that's rideable. And, and there was a bank that was like put in. Oh, the sub. Bank. So like, I love yeah. riding subs. And uh, when we were first oh, there, there was like this wooden building, like a shed that had fallen down. And we took pieces of the shed and we made like a bank to sub out of cement. And we, dude, we played bike on that for hours, like yeah. for so long. And then like, I guess at some point, like little hood rats came and knocked it down and like burned <laughs> the wood Jeez. and that's gone. You know, that hasn't been there for right. years. Mm. Damn. But yeah, dude, the, and like, I remember like the quarter pipe, like when we built that, not only was it like like it was like hard physical labor that you had to do because we're like we are not we're not we we don't have a wheelbarrow we don't have any of the, the we, tools we need properly. We acquired a shopping, shopping cart. cart. We acquired it so then yeah. we could push the cinder, cinder blocks, blocks from the pile over to where we needed, which them. was like solid. I mean, at least like probably like a probably like seventy five yards. When and we like, first started, we could drive up to the spot and drop off like yeah. bags of quickcrete, but then like they put stuff in yeah, and you couldn't drive back there, there anymore. Mm. So then you had to carry like 50, 80 pound bags of quickcrete back to this area to like build anything. A little dolly would have went so far with that. <sighs> we didn't have that. Thing. We were just like a bunch of dumb kids carrying 80 pound bags of concrete like back and forth. But that at the same time, that was probably good. Dude, I watched this video. It was in the rain, not only, like, not only that, but we, it was raining the one day. When we oh yeah, we would do it like anytime. And it was like, dude, it was like Matt would call us at like 10 o'clock in the morning. He was like, all right, we're going to work on good little spots. And just just, yeah, just fucking quickcrete and a railing in the rain. Like, dude, like, like, that was like, that that's what was so tight because that was what BMX was. Like, yeah, yeah. We're yeah. Going to build a spot You're, right now. Like it, 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 you felt like you were creating. You were responsible for your own BMX. Like you were creating your own BMX. We were responsible for our like own fun. Yeah. And yeah. we needed something because like we didn't have a skate park. We had yeah. Ephrata at some point got built. We had Radnor that was forty five minutes away. Well, like I got we, shut down. Yeah, the Y, the Y. I rode the Y with you guys before. Yeah, there really was no, 
local skate park. There was no like warm up spot. Like we didn't have anything. Potsdam so that's, wasn't built yet. Yeah, Potsdam wasn't around. That was like a big part of why we built the Coatesville spot to like warm up at, everybody meet at, and like <laughs> Ishan's fucking gym. Yep. Yeah, I mean, we we first started in 2011, yeah. and everything's still there, almost eight years later. That's amazing. Right, it's crazy. I think, I like so many people. What's funny is like Coatesville legend. Mm-hmm. It's like because like we all went to Coatesville. Like we heard like other people, like other people's cousins and like brothers or whoever you may have heard, like, yeah, my brother built that. Like, oh, my cousin built that. I'm like. No, we nah, were, dude, like, we were I, there. I was there. Like I, I pushed the cinder blocks, bro. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? like, was, do you, do you think crazy. that would? Uh, do you think it would be? Do you think if we had a jam there, it would be too much? Like that would not be good for the spot. Like a bus turn into a bus. I don't think that. I just think it'd be like. It would be like where would everybody park? What, but I don't think it would draw <clears throat> attention to us. Um, we had cops come back there one time right. years ago, and mm. it was a cop that was a private detective or private investigator, whatever you call it. I was it. on crutches at the time. And he was like, you know, normally I'm at a desk all day, but I saw this van parked over here, so I decided to walk back here. And he was like, well, what are you guys doing? Like, he didn't even understand it. And, like, I kind of lied a little bit. I was like, oh, we saw this in a skateboard magazine and started coming back here. And he was like, what? You know, this is in a skateboard magazine? And, like, he really didn't even understand what we were doing. Wow. And he was just like, was well, it, it was you know. You guys aren't doing drugs? Like, yeah, he was like, as long as you guys aren't spray painting or breaking anything, like, you know, just do it. Like, he didn't even understand. And he just left. And that was the only time anybody ever came back there and did anything. Yeah, dude, and, like, we even took note of, like, the fence that's there yeah. that was put up, like, out of random, like, didn't have any no trespassing. Yeah, stuff. nothing. So, There's like, nothing sure that says like, no trespassing. Yeah. We were tight to go in there, and, like, no one ever gave us hell about it. Dude, this summer, if you guys are free, you guys should come with to the the Grindworks Jam up in a, at the HCS oh, yeah. park. That Derek Gerard, uh, not Derek Gerard, but um, that guy Derek, Mm. Yeah, I don't know his last name. I forget it too. Knight Derek Nelson. 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 Yeah, it's like Black oh. Rider, Yo, Knight he, Rider. Or he something. builds shit each year. Like last year, he took like huge like chain links like this mm. and made a rail and welded them still and made a rail. Okay, Gunny, he's a local kid to Harrisburg. Yeah. Tire rode it to Bar. I was like, Gunny, where the fuck did you come from? <laughs> yeah, like. Awesome. Like, he's so sick. Yeah. But, like, there's some random dude that I never saw before on some green frame with a free coaster. He just looked like just a random-ass kid, dude. He was hangering it. <laughs> he was hangering That's it, awesome. dude. I would have tried. I, I got a picture. Tried. I got a little quick clip of him doing the ice picks on it. And then, like, I had plastic pegs on, too. And I was trying to ice pick it. And I was like, I was like, ding, ding, ding. And then slam. Like, I don't know how this dude was hangering it. That's awesome. And then... <laughs> There's this, there like, there's just so much random weird shit, like the jump box over the truck full of water. Yeah. I really wanted to jump that. Yeah. I really, 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 really wanted to, but the way that that lip was set up, <laughs> I'm not good enough, man. I'm just, I'm just not good enough. I know it. I know it. I'm not trying to get fucking hospitalized. Yeah, you just don't want to get broke off. Yeah. No one wants to get broke off. Oh. I'll still do a big rail or like still do something that's untouched, but I'm not as inclined to do something just to like do something big um and he'll shout at me i'm doing it for the gram shiloh put the camera away yeah but i mean i'll, I'll do stuff that's crustier or like more tech or whatever just to like 
I don't know. I do smaller things than I used to, mm. or like more difficult things. Like I'm now more psyched on like a tire ride than like a big double peg, or like I don't know, just something. Something that similar. requires some some precision, some kind of like yeah, finesse. Yeah, like I used to. Like I don't think hucking was the right word, but I used to just do big things to do them because <clears throat> like visually they were big. And now like I'm more along the lines of like a rider is going to appreciate appreciate the difficulty of that versus like the average person looking at it and being like, okay, that's huge. I told Matt today, I was like, yo, can you imagine if you just changed it? You'd look like a dumbass. But like, because like I'm not stylish. Yeah, like I'm not, awkward. Yeah. yeah. He's, he's like. Like he ride, you know what I mean? Like this is Matt on the bike, you know what I mean? And then like, just like stocky and yeah, awkward, exactly, dude. Puffer fish, yeah. And uh, like your style is like almost like a rubber band in a way. You're just like ping, and then like it snaps straight. You know what I mean? You're like so now you're older and you're kind of like the spot granddad. Yeah. So you have. So now you're older. How old are you now? Um, I'll be 29 in like a month. Okay, so, so you're like two years younger than me. Yeah. So you're, you're basically in the same. Yeah, basket. like 30s. I'm like early 30s. Early those. 30s yeah. basket. Yeah. Like your life is probably still the same. Like you're probably doing like the 40 hour a week, nine to five grind, and like yeah. your body feels the same. It's like your body starts to feel awful. Yeah. Did you ever reach a point where you're like, I don't know if I want to do this anymore, or if like. Maybe I want to pump the brakes. Because it sounds like you kind of pumped the brakes a little bit by kind of switching gears. But <sighs> that's, yeah, it's kind of like a tough one. Like, I've always wanted to do it, but it's like, how does it fit into my schedule? You know, yeah. it's like I have stuff yeah. like, you know, girlfriend stuff, life stuff, work stuff, dog stuff, you know, like mm -hmm. hiking, traveling, skiing. You know, it's like yeah, everything going on. You do do um, a lot. And it's Seems like, it. where does BMX fit into that around like the weather, you know? Mm -hmm. um, and then it's like, I want to make sure that whatever I do, it's not just going to somewhere I've been a million times. Like, mm -hmm. I don't want to just go to Philly. Like, I want to go somewhere I've never been or like a spot I have something on or it's like I want to LFS something new. Like, I want to make sure there's that quality to whatever day I'm going to ride. Like, we rode... Pottstown this past weekend and it was like I banged out two tricks I never did before Dude, on street. Dude, shout out to this weekend riding Pottstown. Yeah. yeah. Everyone smashed it. Dude, everyone killed it. It was like everyone and that's another thing that I think like will always keep BMX fresh which is like when you go to spots and people are killing it and not only are they killing it but like Matt said it himself in the group chat um, that uh Dude, everyone like banged out personal NBDs. And yeah. You're doing stuff that no one's ever done and you've never done personally. Yeah. Like that accomplishment that, for that person gets me. Like I don't care if somebody else like DP'd the same rail or like did whatever. Like if that person's never done that trick or like never ridden that spot and they get something done, like I'm hyped. I'm progression hyped. is progression. Progression is progression, and progression feeds hype no matter what. If right. it's like a person learning their first feeble yep. 180 Dude. or anything, like. And yeah, we're, you know, we're how many years in, like, Shalom and I've been doing this for how long? This past weekend, it was, like, Ishan did a personal MBD, Shalom did a personal MBD, and then, like, I did two on the same spot. And it's, like, that's the stuff that, like, keeps me going and keeps me doing it. Right. I think that, that's is, that is ultimately the goal, to keep pushing the next, you know, whatever yeah. it is. Yeah, because I feel like if you're not pushing it, it's, like... Are you, you stagnant? 
Yeah, yeah. I don't want to keep doing the same thing. I don't want to keep going to the same parks. Like, to me, like, I know I was talking up the Coatesville spot or like I talk up whatever, but it's like I go to the, the Coatesville spot now and it's like I'm doing the same stuff I was doing two years ago. Mm-hmm. And it keeps me fresh, like, like physiologically, like I'm right. in like good shape doing it, but like, okay, really I'm not psyched on it. For 15 feet yeah, yeah, I can still like... ice this rail that I've iced three years ago. Right. And it, you know, it makes me feel good that like, okay, I can still physically do it like skill wise, but I think, I'm not psyched on it. Yeah, like honing, keeping your shit honed in. And that's another thing about like Matt's riding style that I feel like wasn't touched on is like, yo, there's so many tricks Matt can do, right? Yeah. And I just don't do them because right. it's like Dude, I've watched him whip, I've watched him bar, I've watched him feeble hard, I've watched him dubs hard, I've watched him like, you know, tooth hanger, and like, those are tricks you'll see like once every like two years damn the hanger at the fucking stadium the dude remember yeah you know it's stuff like that that was like, such a sick photo we should make that a t-shirt was like, dude <laughs> we sick like, i feel like it's got to fit the spot like i'm not gonna like go out and do the same trick all the time like it's got to fit the spot or like i've been yeah. psyched on it like it's like the way it flows kind of yeah so what's so what's next for mr lawhead what's like Bonghead, Lawhead, Matt Lawhead. <sighs> Dude, that's a that's a tough one. Dude. You know, it's like I, what is Shallow trying to do? I'm trying to try this hat on, my guy. <laughs> you, uh, I really just want to like. I have stuff I want to do locally. Like I always have something in my phone. Like we need mm-hmm. to go back here, or like, like I said, I get just as much satisfaction of like one of my buddies landing something as like me landing it. So like I'll be like, we have to go here for Ishan, or like we have to go here right. for. Shiloh, yeah. and I like that just as much as like me having to go somewhere for something. Nah. Oh, that was like the only thing I ever got on the come up was me wrecking when I broke my nose and my knee. That's the only thing. Mm-hmm. I remember when Clippin' and Dippin' got posted on the come up, we all were like, holy fuck, <laughs> we got on the come up. I remember seeing that and like, I was like, damn, like that's so sick. I was like, they're in the come up. Like, they're in the come up, dude. And, like, that just, like, also fed, like, the belief that the yeah was, like, this big fucking, like, conglomerate. (laughs) (laughs) Prestige worldwide. Wow. Kind of, like, as as you get older, like, did you ever think about quitting? You know, the only times I probably really did was, like, because of injuries. You know, it would be like, I'm sick of being hurt. Like, I'm sick of having so many injuries or, like, I'm sick of paying for that or, like... There were times where, like, I might go a month without riding, and then I'd get back on my bike, and I'd be super rusty, and I'd be like, I'd su- like, I suck. Like, I'm, yeah. I, you know, it's it's hard to be on the downside of your peak. Like, that's, like, I don't know that the average person, or, like, the average person with a hobby or the average athlete, like, experiences that, but it's like, when you're on the downside, like, when you hit your peak, as my voice cracks, and then you're coming at <laughs> <coughs> my peak, and then you're coming down, like, that's tough, because it's like, you're not at the same level that you had been, and you have to, like, improvise and figure out, like, so okay, I'm gonna, like, repeak. Yeah. yeah, you gotta repeak, and, <laughs> yeah. you know, whether it's based on, like, different tricks, or, like, doing something different, or riding right. different spots, it's like, you gotta improvise and keep going, and, like, yeah, I'm not doing the big simple stuff I used to, but I'm like still getting 
stuff I never personally did before. Yeah, so you're still progressing just in a different direction. Right. Yeah. And that's what's super tight about, like, like that. And that's the thing. That's, like, what BMX is. Like, BMX is freestyle. You feel me? Like, it is still, <laughs> like, just whatever, like, you think is sick on your bike. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, you're allowed to do whatever you want. It's crazy. Like, like, personally, I've never seen you, like... You know, I've seen you ice 180, like, the smallest, craziest stuff. Like, I don't know how you can pop out of, like, like the low ice you do. But, like, like that's your thing. That's your deal. Like, that's your, your, your stilo. And then, like, you've, like, progressively gotten better at doing, like, the, like, the ching, the bong, or whatever it is. Like, that, that's just low-hanging fruit, man. I tell you what, like, I... I that's just me just trying to get clips. That's all that is. I'm scrounging. Every, every peg chain clip is a scroungy clip for me. For me, because like I'm not doing super gnarly shit. Pitching. Yeah, but it's like the only thing I know how to do. But if I don't, I don't even like saying fucks with it that much as I like. It, but like my fucks with it Friday like thing, mm -hmm. I did that double peg on the outledge. Yeah. I was like, best thing. I thought about you guys because you guys do that kind of shit. That was the, that was nice. That was crazy. Like right now, I drive an hour each way for my job so it's Damn. like I'm gone 10 hours a day easy and I get back and it's dark out so it's like I leave at 7 in the morning you know I get back at 5 at night mm -hmm. and it's dark out so and I live in the middle of nowhere you know I'm in Morgantown so it's like what do you ride out that way and uh I so you're just outside of Reading then kind of yeah I thought you were still in Coatesville yeah, Morgantown. Yeah. So when I mean, like you... Coatesville, some of the time, because like my parents live there, but the majority of the time I'm in in Morgantown. So did you move out from your parents then? Eh, eh, a little, I don't know. <laughs> kind of, sort of, a little bit. Like, yeah, it's hard to exactly explain. Mm -hmm. But um, you know, regardless, like you get done work, you get home at five o'clock. It's dark out. It's like, what do you do riding wise when you live in the middle of nowhere? Like, it's hard. Yeah. And, like I do, you know, you work all week and then you just want to chill after work and then you fill the weekend with like other stuff that like I'm lucky if I can ride every Sunday. Like I try to make it like a point to ride on Sundays. Yeah. But, um, you know, like I go away a lot of weekends, like I'll go camping or I'll go skiing, whatever. And sometimes like riding falls in the back burner. That's just like where I'm at in life where like riding's not the main focus like it had been for so long. Yeah, it's like, it's a hobby, it's fun, but you're also, I mean, coming from an outside perspective, it seems like you're living a pretty full life oh, by, yeah, like, doing you know, all this shit, you know? Yeah, like, I, you know, I stay physically active, like, we, have, we haven't even talked about, like, how much I climb, like, yeah, I rock climb, climbing. like, two, three nights a week, and that, you know, that is nice, because really, rock climbing is so parallel with BMX, like, you know, that's a whole other podcast. Spot usage. That's like a whole other podcast in itself, like how climbing reminds you of riding. But um, like I can go climb at a gym 20 minutes away when it's dark out. So like, you know, it's I, physical. You can get it done even though it's dark out. Oh, yeah. You know, and without getting into it, it's like climbing routes are so similar to like riding street or like mm -hmm. stuff you want to get done just based on how it works. You got to think of it on the fly. Yeah, um, so like I climb a lot during the week, and then like weekends, like my girlfriend and I are doing stuff. You know, we're going away or we're doing stuff with a dog, and uh, I don't know. You know, I know a lot of people hit it when they get older. You know, a lot of people get weeded out when they're like sixteen and they get a car. 
Yeah. You know, how many people can you remember, like, got a car and stopped riding? Or, like, yeah, yeah. you know, just stuff like that. It's so, so easy to stop riding. Anything. Yeah. yeah. Just if, if you've got to work 12-hour days, you might just stop riding. Like, do you think because you have to juggle X, Y, and Z that you have to be even more passionate about it now to even get away yeah. with that maybe once a week sesh, twice a week sesh, because... You know, once every two weeks. Yeah, yeah, you're right. You know, it's like, yeah, like, when I when I do it, I want to make sure I'm not jibbing at local spots. Like, I want to make sure, like, I'm going to new spots I've never been to and, like, riding with a heavy crew and getting out there because I have to maximize the time I do have and it's that much more motivating to get something done because you're like, I haven't ridden in three weeks. You mm -hmm. know, I want to go out and do this ledge or do this rail and get something done and it is really motivating you know it it sucks because you might be rusty physically like your bike might not, might not feel that great or like your arms might be sore but you're like i need to get this done because like i might not ride for two or three more weeks yeah so it you know it's beneficial in some ways like i'm sure anybody that's been in the game long enough like they can tell you like your body feels like shit Mm. You know, it's like everything hurts. You wake up every day, you're sore, mm. and that's just riding. And it's like still wanting to do it even based on everything hurting. Like that's just how. Because it's going to feel good when you do it, basically. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's going to feel good to get that picture or get that clip or like slide that rail to yeah, get that tuck. That's to, worth. To catch that air. It probably felt like that is my favorite photo of all time. And that's why it's all fucking tattered because it's been hung up everywhere I've ever lived. I want to get it framed. I should ask that, ask for that. For Somebody Christmas. probably still has it. Because I couldn't believe I've I've been past that spot once before I saw the photo, and I was like, my jaw dropped when I saw how high he got out of it. Yeah, and he's above the building. Like the yeah. framing is wild. Delecky is a is a genius when it comes yeah. to photography well, and whiz. Was Oscar also a savage? Do you know he was like the only person that was like that good that didn't get a signature frame? Like, you invented fucking sixty percent of what all street kids are doing these days, and you don't have a frame with your last name on it. I guess right. I never really thought about no, that. That is pretty crazy. Really is nuts. And yeah. like, dude, like, look. I mean, it sucks that like listening, you don't know what we're looking at, but it's like the Jersey barrier that's set up is so steep. And to be that high up and come down nose heavy. Yeah, and, that's and, what fucks me. That's what fucks me up, dude. That's only half of it. The one he's hopping out of is so mellow. Yeah. You know, he's hopping yeah. out of that mellow he, laid over barrier. He's six feet out of a mellow yeah, barrier. Yeah, and he's gonna land into a vertical one. Right. Right. Like that, a like. That's insane. If you're listening to what we're talking about and you're wondering what we're talking about, we're talking about Jersey barriers, and it's it's a crusty one. It looks like it's been through some shit, but it's basically a normal ass barrier you've ever seen. And there's another one laid off to the side with quickcrete to the to the edge, so he's like six feet out of the one that's leaning down, about to come in on the one that's standing up, but he's doing like a what's that called like a euro table euro or like table, an in down. Yeah. Somehow he's gonna catch both tires because you yep. know it's Wiz. Yep. He caught both tires. He didn't land flat out of that like somebody would. Right. Somebody would do that just for the photo and then oh, land yeah, flat, exactly. which is still kind of cool, but yeah. Not the same. Not the same. Default. And and that to me is exactly what I like doing, is I like finding point A and point B and seeing if I can get tires from here to there. That's like my favorite thing now. 
is just like pretending my bike is a monster <laughs> truck and just trying to do it. And that's yeah. it. Like, that's it. Like, whether it's a grind, a gap, a, a <clears throat> bonk, a ching, it's just, just keep on trucking. Show. Show. Um, any, any final, final words, Lawhead? You know, we didn't, like, touch on everything that I wanted to necessarily hit, but, like, that was a good thing, because, mm -hmm. like, it leaves us open to do more like technical like bmx like setups or like yeah whatever i feel like this kind of talked about me or talked about me and shiloh and it was cool that we harped on so much it is hard to like say like what do you you know matt says to me like what do you want to talk about so like i make an outline and you don't realize like your six or seven topics might take three hours to talk about like that's yep. pretty mm -hmm. wild if you have that much content to talk about, but I mean, really, that's based on my 15 years of, you know what I mean? It's like right. 15 years of experiences, you're gonna have hours to talk oh, about. Oh yeah. Dude. We, we could have done three hours of just road trips. We you know, should, we, we should. Just road trip. Yeah, that's Dude, a you, solid one. That one, that road trip I told you that you invited me on that I, I felt was like one of the most like, road trips that I can like really really remember I was dead broke and Miles was dead broke and Miles and I buddied up as the broke boys you guys ate the tuna fish with we, the hot sauce we, we, we ate tuna yeah, it was Boston dude yeah and then like the, the fucking we bought I don't the know, we forgot to buy a can the can yeah. opener didn't work and we were like dead broke and we're like starving and I remember being like like so hungry like I never like thought like I never got angry at like a metal can Dude, like I so remember, hungry I before. How that Dude, was. I remember I you guys remember opening that. the tuna fish can and the <laughs> lid looked like a, it looked like a Chinese throwing star. Is that how you guys he opened it? He spiked it, dude. He yeah. It looked like a sun, like yeah. like rays coming out. And I remember being so happy that he opened it. I felt like I was on Survivor, and like he just opened the can of tuna for us. We we did that trip, and like for anybody listening, like that was seven people in my five-person minivan, seven bikes on the back of my van, and like two people didn't have seats in the van. And we yeah. drove up to Massachusetts for a week and did a trip. And the van looked like, it, well, it did scrape the ground. Every oh yeah, the back end of the van like drug on the it ground. Was like, it was so... Wait, that was... Seven sweaty dudes in a van. That was a week? Yeah. Or was that yeah. the 48 hours? No, no that, that was the week trip. trip. Oh, yeah, because we got that picture in front of Shape School. Yeah, 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 yeah Shape germ. School, exactly. Yeah, Shape School, RIP. Young baby little germ with his neon etnies. Yeah, oh, yeah, dude, uh, dude, orange and white. Etnie number mids, shout out etnie number mids. Best mid. shoe. Best, best, best riding shoe, etnies number mids. Yeah. Ride, riding shoes to be continued. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, another, <laughs> that's another podcast. Yeah, riding shoes suck. We'll talk about the fades 2019. You know, we'll get there. Dude, we exciting should. Stuff. Yeah. Exciting stuff. Yeah. I think we, we got to do another one. Yeah. yeah. Now I that we that's know exciting to do. how much you can talk. Fades. Yeah. All right. If you made it all the way to the end, thanks again for listening. Tune in next week. I will be talking to Mark about riding shoes. We talk about the pros and cons of all the different kinds of types of shoes. I have a feeling it's going to be uh, an ongoing thing as we check out more riding shoes i feel like it's something that needs to be talked about especially because uh we're not paid to endorse anything so yeah tune in next week for that thanks again guys peace